0: rush gets hit as he throws down the field it's going to be intercepted miles farmer at
1: the 15 20 up the sideline rocked out of bounds flag comes out
2: this is the friday husker tailgate with jack mitchell caleb henry mike schaefer and former husker national champion brendan Stein. brought to you by syracuse area health Strasburger orthopedics on 1499.3 Klis
1: Welcome in as we get you for the weekend, get ready for you for the weekend, get you ready for the weekend once again on the Friday Husker tailgate. Nothing like, listen, unlike the Huskers who come out firing on all cylinders on the first drive of the game, I peak later in the game, okay? That's that's probably a three and out on my first drive of the game. The plays weren't scripted. I was just kind of doing it off and I don't know was calling the plays exactly and, and so that was confusing you by the way i don't know i don't know caleb had a little more influence i so would have liked to in calling the plays there <laughs> disappointed that he has that part of the job now and telling me how to start but you know <laughs> it is what it is glad to have you with us for the friday husker tailgate week two which is sort of week three but nonetheless third game of the year and look at this guys nebraska's got a one game winning streak. We got a 66-degree day coming tomorrow. True fall football weather. We got Georgia Southern coming into town. We got Clay Helton coming into town. And we've got Brendan Stye back in studio with us for the first time this season. Wait. Oh, in studio. In I was studio, with you guys no. over in Ireland.
3: The Ireland. Well, we lost you in spirit. So, I know. Well, we lost you as you were in the uh, the Guinness Bar. But they we're like, okay, he conveniently. That happens over there. That happens often. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> lost
1: in the Guinness Bar. I'll give this to you. There are very few times, and I doubt this will ever happen again, where you do the the show, show live. While just wandering through cool, a huh? soccer stadium in Ireland, <laughs> just giving us content, content you throughout. You got a little, little
4: uh, glimpse of the practice. You got the practice
1: going on in the uh, background, facilities. and I'm trying to. Uh, you know, I, I do wonder if Northwestern somehow intercepted that video, and you could just tell through that whole thing. The oh, warm ups were very oh, obvious. There's the conspiracy that Nebraska theory. was going to come out. It really does explain mm. everything. But welcome into Brendan Stey, former Husker National Champion, NFL veteran and uh our longtime co-host of the friday Husker tailgate good morning brandon how are you doing
4: i'm doing good actually good. yeah all right was nice. out in ohio last week watched uh the bobcats uh, uh, by the way that the like i saw the score that looked like a crazy game it was they should have won by 17 uh got a little close in the end there um but yeah they look good i'm telling you right now ohio going into penn state they got nothing to lose well, and everything to gain.
1: Maybe a little preview of the upset pick uh here at the end of the show today. Maybe some of those who, uh, for entertainment purposes only, look at some of those lines from Vegas. Uh, kind of an insider here for the Ohio Bobcats. You know, his son does play for the team. Well, good. Good to have you, uh good to have you with us, Brennan. We haven't talked to you since a game has been played. So a lot has happened since we lost connection with you in the Guinness Bar. Yeah,
4: well, um, we got the good part out. We got uh, story time with Sty. We and did. Then we yes. were done. We yeah.
1: we we got. We did get the. We did get that. Uh, you got through your obligation. You know what?
4: You know what happened though. My phone, for whatever reason, the my phone came up and said you have no more data, and it wouldn't get back on. And I tried. It's Sorry. all right.
1: It's all right. We made it work without you. We trudged through the show <laughs> uh, without you. And uh, we'll have Mike Schaefer joining us here a little bit later as well today. Hey, just a quick reminder, if you're listening to us in the air, thank you very much. Feel free to keep doing that either on uh AM Signal, FM signal, HD Signal, or on the KLIN app or KLIN.com uh, through the stream. Uh if you want an enhanced experience, you are welcome to go to the Facebook page for KLIN. Uh just search uh Facebook.com slash fourteen hundred KLIN and we have live video going so you can see our beautiful faces. And also, we, uh, we like to leave the mics on during the breaks too. So instead of, uh, instead of taking in those commercial breaks, you can hear our insider discussions, which is me usually talking about my coffee situation. But you are free, yeah, typically, <laughs> you are free to jump in and, uh, and take a look at those. Uh, well, well, Brandon, since we, uh, we haven't talked to you, we have a lot of ground to cover here from kind of what happened, what has happened over the last couple of weeks from what happened in Ireland. To the game last week, where you had a slow start, a concerning start, and then ended up having a uh, you know a really solid kind of what you wanted to see uh, during parts of the second half as well. So what's up, so man? There's Mike Schaefer joining <laughs> us right now from uh, Husker twenty four seven. But Brent, I'm just kind of curious your your takes on what we what we know, what we think about this team two weeks into the season, two games into the season. Boy, um, <laughs> lot a of, lo- lot of, <laughs> loaded question. Take lot, it where you
4: need to. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of room for improvement um, outside of the obvious, what everybody's talking about. I think they still haven't uh, collectively figured out, I think both from coaching as well as on the field, who they are. Um, the things that are glaring to me, uh, you know, defensively, I would say up front, our front seven isn't playing nearly as good as we thought they would to this point uh, through through fall camp. There's and it always kind of goes like this: defense always has the upper hand, and sometimes you get a false positive uh, because you'll come out of camp saying our defense is really good. Well, maybe your offense isn't very good, <laughs> you know. So, um, <laughs> you know, the the lack of uh, tackling consistently. Um, Blown assignments, um, getting pushed around up front. Um, Those are things that uh, I think are all controllable, and I think we're only going to get better. Uh, Again, this is a hard day and age to be not only a coach, to be a player. You're so criticized with everything that you do. But then if you look around the country, first couple games, I mean, last week, uh, week one, um, look at Iowa. I mean Iowa struggled with South great. State, no that, right? that
1: offense looks that <laughs> offense looks right? terrifying, but nobody, and I mean that literally not not <laughs> in a million
4: years would you say that it'd be a two safety you know win right for an Iowa Hawkeye team now last year, their offense wasn't very good. um Iowa had a really good defense, but I think across the board there's more parity, and um you know college football has become very interesting in the fact that. Not necessarily every, any given Saturday, you know, you can have an upset, but there's, it just seems to me the quality of football uh, from the coaching and the player uh, perspective is, is that much greater. And, um, gosh darn, man, you're, I mean, the thing that I feel really frustrated about in Nebraska is the fact that everybody thinks that we should blow everybody out, Mm. you know, especially non con games. Um, you know, week one or week zero for us versus Ireland, I thought was a trap game. I talked about that a lot uh, in the off season. I know um, Scott and his staff, they were a little concerned about it because you don't know who you are coming out and you're playing against a team that's got a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, going overseas, dealing with jet lag, both teams had to deal with it. Uh, you know, and still not really having a solid understanding of who you are up front. Um, both sides of the ball mm-hmm. and we were exposed uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, they were tougher than us that game and and then, when you put that in the can uh, on tape, you know <laughs> North Dakota looked at it and said, yeah, that was their Super Bowl for the year. They had nothing to lose everything the game come in here, establish the run, um get a little momentum, stifle our offense um, yeah they had a well executed plan and and you know the game was on paper, it looked great. Thirty-eight. To, what was it? Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight to seventeen. But I mean, with six and a half minutes left to go, it was a one-score game. Yeah, you know, and so uh, very frustrating from a fan's perspective. Um, you want a polished product right off the get-go. But if you think about last year when we went into Oklahoma, we weren't playing very well. Lost to Illinois. Kind of stumbled yeah. around a little bit. And then, all of a sudden, things started quickly. We close, yeah. Yeah. We we played a little bit better. I didn't think that we deserved to win that game. I didn't think we should have won that game, but I thought we played tougher. And that's what I want to see moving forward. I want to see a team that comes out and plays tough. Yeah. I just don't see that yet. And that's what concerns me about this team. Now, this week in practice, they went ones versus ones. Heck, we did that all the time. Tuesday and Wednesday, we went ones versus ones, at least two or three periods. That sharpens your sword. Coaches are so worried about guys getting hurt and not live tackling. Well, you gotta have that. You gotta have that edge. And you gotta keep building on that, uh, not only in games, but in practice. And and until, you know, we I think can turn the corner on a team that comes out and is tough and wants to really muscle some people around and be
1: physical, uh, we're gonna struggle. So how about uh, your assessment of the offensive line here? Uh, your your expertise throughout the first two games of the year? Well,
4: I, I was surprised. Northwestern, um, you know, Donovan only rotated one guy. And I think, to be honest with you, I think he's the guy. Henry uh, Lutowski, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's probably the better fit at right guard. Uh, it was interesting to see what they did. They, I don't know if a lot of people talked about this this week, but when you watch the film, they went a lot of unbalanced and when you go unbalanced, you you think you would have the upper hand. Well, the one sack that we gave up that created the fumble, we were unbalanced. Um, the back was there to help out. Our tackle, we had two tackles, right guard and a back on that side to help. So, yeah, we for still people who don't down. know,
1: that means that you have, explain
4: unbalanced. You have, so, from left to right, let's just say, you have a tight end on the left. You have a guard on the left, then you go center, and you got a guard, and you got a tackle-tackle, and usually have another tight end and or a back that's helping you out. Um, So, you know, when you do that, at times when they did unbalanced, uh, they had good push. Uh, They took advantage of that strength on that side. Uh, But, you know, for me, it was, you know, offensive line-wise, I was a little concerned about Teddy coming off the knee. Um, You always have that mental hurdle to get over with a knee. Um, I think that he... Both games started slow and kind of worked his way back. You know, I thought you could really a bit see better. that last week, yeah. You know that Ben Hart actually has improved. I thought that, uh, you know, that right tackle position probably was the scariest for me. I thought that maybe they would rotate a few more guys just to see what kind of chemistry worked. Offensive line is very unique in the fact it's the only room on the football team uh, where you have to have a good sense of, of gelling, uh, and it, it doesn't happen overnight. I played on a lot of teams where I actually got plugged in with teams. And, you know, the media would look at me and go, well, how long do you think it's going to take? I said, I don't know. I mean, it, it not only from, you know, watching it on tape and working with each other in practice, but it's nonverbal communication. It's angles. it's It's making sure that you're playing on the same level. In a lot of instances, and you know I think where we've struggled is movement up front right now. And, you know, but there has been improvement as far as coming off of football. Um, but from tackle to tackle, I think we'll only get better. there um, guard situation, you know, Corcoran still looks like he's a little uncomfortable playing in a phone booth, as we say when you're a guard. Mm. It's a different position altogether, being a tackle most of his career, and then now playing at guard. He'll get better. Um, you know, center position, I think, has been manageable. Um, you know, we've had a couple bad snaps, um, but nothing drastic. Uh, and you always kind of worry about that when you're in a, you know, a no huddle, a shotgun type of offense. Uh, we saw Cam Juergens go through some struggles that way. But that's been well managed. Um, the other important part and key to that position is understanding what the defense is given to you as a center. So you're watching safety rotation, which will basically show their hand and where they want to bring pressure, Um, getting the calls out and then obviously communicating and having good rhythm with the quarterback Uh, and then right guard. Um, I think uh, again uh, that uh, Bando uh, is, is a serviceable wide body guy. Uh, He struggles when he gets guys, get him on the edge. And I think Henry is, is probably going to push for more time as we, as we go Mm -hmm. on. But Overall, I'd give them at this point, I'd give them about a B minus, C plus, only room for improvement. You know, you're never as bad as they say you are, and you're never as good as you think you are. And it's so amazing to me when you turn the tape on after you play, how things look so different. Uh, You could think you played a great game, and you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) What did I do? And then vice versa. You can have one or two bad plays and think that you had a really bad game. You put on the tape. You actually played pretty good.
1: I, uh, well, by the way, if the Rams turn on their offensive line tape from last night, they thought they played a bad game, and they probably did play a bad game. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah, they <laughs> struggle. That
1: may be the exception to your rule. the Bills no, an are the real deal. Holy cow! Uh, yeah, completely aside. Um, uh, uh, I'll ask you this, and I want Mike to chime in on it too. Though you talked about some of the. You know the personnel. You know that that guard position with with Bana Latovsky might be one, but it feels like your personnel is is probably fairly set. Yeah. Uh, beyond that there. Uh, what about on that other side of the ball when, with those front seven and, and especially along the interior of that defensive line? Do you think we're going to see kind of some different rotations, different people in there? Do you think that's kind of set and you're just going to kind of need some changes with scheming for, for this improvement to, to happen with it? Or is it something where there is some personnel there, some differences you think might be making the change here in the next few weeks?
4: Well, you know, I was... Uh, fairly disappointed with win um i watched him in fall camp thought he'd be a lot better than he is i think he's overweight uh he could probably lose about 20 pounds and be that much more effective um you know i thought uh you know ty robinson has has played probably below expectation you know two years ago he played really good i just
1: don't notice i haven't yeah. noticed yeah, him he's i nonexistent. have yeah. and
4: yeah. um you know feast i mean I love the fact that, you know, it's a great story. You look at his freshman picture. I mean, he looks like he was like... 235 pounds. Really? Right? And
6: now he's Coming starting black dance.
4: shirt defensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, Most he's
0: a relatable
6: gonna... thing that I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have like right there. You look at my freshman picture, and yeah. you look at his senior year, I really hit the strength and conditioning. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. So I love the growth and development. It's a great story, uh, but you kind of worry and you get a little concerned when you get into the heart and the meat of the Big Ten schedule. There's some really big and good offensive lines. How well will he hold up? Um and then I think Drew has, you know, is for as short of a time he's been here, um, he's been fairly decent. Uh, I wouldn't say kind of like eye popping good, um, but I, I believe he's got a lot more upside to him than we've seen yet. The the disappointing guy to me is Oshan. O'Shan, everybody talked about this guy coming in from TCU. Now, granted, he was built for TCU. And I was, uh, you know, I talked with uh, Duvall about some of the strength and conditioning experience that he had out of TCU. And he was, when he got to Nebraska, he was overwhelmed because he didn't have that kind of training. Hmm. And so some of his quick twitch that I thought we'd see early on, um, in particular versus Northwestern, I think got deflated because Northwestern thought the same thing. And what did they do to him every single time? Any rushing down, they put a back on him. And matter Hmm. of fact, they did it on both sides. Uh, So, you know, right now, uh, you know, for Chenander, he's got to figure out a way to get those guys in one-on-one situations and create pressure inside. Mm -hmm. And you do that with different types of blitz packages. I haven't seen a whole lot of that. Uh, But, you know, our front seven has to get better. Our linebackers has been, uh, you know, it's touch and go with these guys. They can look great on a play, and they can look just lost on another play. And I think probably the most disappointing part of, all of those guys really is the lack of wrapping up and tackling, taking yeah. guys down.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the amount of, especially it's been throughout the year, but especially that first half of that North Dakota game. I can't tell you guys, it felt like every play there was a guy who had a shot who was able to get his, have some physical contact with with the back or the quarterback or or whoever it was. Sometimes three yards deep in the backfield. And that was never the person who made the play. It felt right. like, and and that was an issue. I want to get more of that later in the in in story time with Stye. um Mike, uh, I, I'm curious what you think. Brendan did a really good job, kind of running through those those personnels and those issues. And I think we all agree. You know, there there are some issues everywhere, but those front the, those that, as you pointed out, Brendan, up front offense, defense are the ones that are most concerning for your future the rest of the way. Um, what what can they do what is what is what is out there i mean you you've got who you've got as a team how much room for improvement is there this year on those two uh sections of the game
6: i mean i I think the scary thing is there's no more help coming like this is what you are you know so you you have to figure out a way to win with your deficiencies or uh you need guys to to start to make jumps in the season to get past some of it i i mean it it could be as simple as if they start to tackle better. Life gets a lot easier. I, I, the difficult thing, I think, for Eric Shenander, and and Brandon can probably speak to this, is when teams like Northwestern and North Dakota can run for four yards on average on first down, it makes it really hard to figure out how you're going. So you either have to load up against the run, and then every team worth anything is going to RPO you or play action you and your linebackers are already struggling in coverage as it is anyways. I mean, there's there's no easy answer for what's happening on the second level. They're not tackling well. They're not covering well. I mean, you got picked apart by Northwestern, and North Dakota, really, they had several open guys that they didn't hit. I mean, and— Right now, Nick Henrich is out. So you've got a true freshman in Ernest Hausman who, you know, talking to him after that game last week, like a year ago, he just got done beating Norfolk and <laughs> playing his, his first game as an inside linebacker. And now all of a sudden he's starting, you know, it's, so it's a, it's a huge adjustment. Um, that kind of makes you wonder how they got to this point where it just feels like, you shouldn't have to be playing Ernest Hausman in his second career game as a starter. Yeah. I understand they love him and I get it. Yeah, but he'll be I think he's got a it, really bright future, but the the concern is for a guy like that, you know, he had a he he definitely put forth the effort. It, that wasn't the issue. He had a rough game at times, so and it's it's tough to expect somebody who's 18, 19 years old who's just learning the position mm-hmm. to go out there and and have to do some of the things that you're asked to do as a middle linebacker in yeah. this defense. Well, so, he
4: started the game.
6: Yeah. I mean, he's it's, like
4: deer in the headlights. And maybe it was that was their plan, though. Yeah. Get him in early.
6: Well, trial by fire. Yeah, know?
4: exactly. Uh, <laughs> let him get over right. the whole, oh my God, I'm starting, you yep. know, and, you know. And he struggled a little bit. They had to tell him where to go and whatnot. But he's going to be a great player. For yeah,
6: them. I I'm excited about him, and I don't I don't want it to come across that I'm not. It's just that you also have seen it work where guys get in too early, and suddenly they just lose confidence. Yeah, and then they, you know, it's, it's no longer point. deer in the headlights. It becomes this passive like someone else will do it. Yeah, and Nebraska had a whole defense like that in 2017 mm-hmm. where they were just didn't feel comfortable with what they were asked to do and it's like, yeah, the other guy's gonna get it. You got ten guys thinking someone's gonna make a play and mm-hmm. you the know, other
4: guy, <laughs> it it can go, up. you know, it's it's tough. It can go one way or the other. Yeah. I mean you could have a guy that uh, you know, completely takes it and, and learns from it. Uh his confidence builds because you got good coaching and you're constantly being affirmed, Hey, you know, you're doing this wrong, but you're doing this great. Other guys can go in the tank. They lose their confidence forever, and they never recover. You know, so
6: I I don't think that'll be earnest. No, I don't. I don't Uh, knowing him a little bit more than the average recruit that comes through, just because he rolled out of columbus and that's rare but uh and he very rare he confirmed to michael very Bruns. rare
1: not a talent rich community whatsoever in any and i'm not just Look, talking do football. we need to get Corey on the here? i'm not just talking to <laughs> football uh he, but I don't know. he I, went to high school there I, I don't think he had an address in columbus uh, michael
6: Brunst <laughs> talked to him after the game and he confirmed the uh columbus godfathers situation oh, so geez. houseman did yeah Oh Brunch, really? Brunch didn't tweet this out. He like he waited out the whole interview to ask the kid about for, Columbus Godfathers. For those who don't know, Mike he is from Columbus. He put the news out
1: there. Mike is from Columbus, and that's why I'm ripping it. And uh, like half the sports writers in town are from Columbus. I don't quite know what's going on there, but Mike <laughs> has some real romanticism. In fact, we broke it down extensively on the podcast I did with him a couple of weeks <laughs> ago uh, about the Columbus Godfathers, uh, which was uh, yeah. Which, uh, hey guys, one one well, other real, co- real
3: quick. Ernest yeah. jumping in on the defense. That's that's more difficult on a freshman than uh, say a freshman. A.J. Getting, Allen, yeah, a freshman getting in skill position. What he's office. asked to
6: do is a middle linebacker, and this defense is really tough, right? Because and, the
3: defense, even with with Henrich in there, yeah. the the defense like wasn't playing great. No. so now you insert a freshman, first time in college, second game ever, and he's starting with a defense that already wasn't playing well. So right. it wasn't a, necessarily a position where you're expecting a load of success but when you compare that with the opponent and the fact that as the game went on you could wear them down and made, that was a great that was a great opponent for Hausman to get yep, that huh? experience against exactly yeah
1: uh, the, the other guy i wanted to ask you guys about that i just i haven't noticed and i considered him to be Somebody who would be a boon uh, to this defense because I think his career has been been great above what expectations the entire way along is is Luke Reimer and you know he's you, you haven't seen him a whole lot at least I haven't noticed him a whole lot making the plays that I think we've seen him make through the rest of the year any idea what's going on there I,
6: I do and I think Brandon would agree with this the <laughs> loss of Damian Daniels up front they don't have space eaters <laughs> right I mean if you look at the way Nebraska played against both Northwestern and north dakota and you look at just the middle of the defensive line it is two three yards off the like they're just getting blown out of the play Mm -hmm. and so last year when damian daniels was eating three offensive linemen himself guess who's running free jojo doman luke reimer and nick henrich it's like a totally different version of football when you have that big man up front that's just eating space Mm -hmm. and damian daniels never got enough credit like I, i i just feel like people don't realize how Thankless the position is yeah. to be a nose guard. It's getting where a you're not going to get the tackle. Like right. you're not going to get the sack. But what you're going to do is you're going to set somebody else up, and it just doesn't feel like they're just caught in the wash a lot of times. Yeah, it was, and that's tough. Like yeah. you, it's really hard to go make plays when you've got this three hundred pound lineman that's just right on you about a second after the ball
1: snap.
3: Was that not the case with the the middle on both sides of the lines though? Damian Daniels underappreciated. Yep. And then you go to the other side and Cam Juergens, and a lot of us could see it, Mm -hmm. where I was saying, no doubter for him to go to the league. And Mm -hmm. then he gets drafted in the second round. But when he makes that announcement, so many people just go, well, the offensive line wasn't good. How good could Cam Juergens be anyway? (laughs) I think there's a weird
6: resentment around here about any kid who chooses to go to the NFL over his last season with Nebraska. I mean, I just... this. I mean, remember Vincent Valentine? He wasn't supposed to get drafted, and he got taken in the third round. Like, Shout out to Edwardsville uh, High School. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I think people really resent the idea of someone wanting to...
4: Like, I think in general, this. you know? Yeah. I mean, but that's the day and age we live in. Yeah. And these kids, they cannot... You know, if you're projected and the, uh, prognosticators are, are saying that you're going to go in the second round, you've got to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you just can't turn that down. So mo- most people will... Uh, you know, they'll look at it and go, wow, if he stayed here, he could have won the Outland. He could have been an All-American. We could have been that much better, but... Um, you got to take the money when it's in front of you.
6: And I think people look at the win totals. I mean, I, I honestly feel like guys like Ben Stilley and and Austin Allen end up being seventh or sixth round picks yeah. if Nebraska's seven and five last year mm-hmm. because those guys went and performed in camps. They're sure. going to be on NFL rosters for five six years.
1: Let me let, let me end this on the defensive side of it though with a little. I mean, with a little bit of positive. I think. I mean, I don't. It doesn't take a football genius to come out and say Garrett Nelson is still a really good player. He's going to be an incredibly impactful. You think player he'll get a helmet sticker today? This season, am I going to go from <laughs> yeah, zero to one? I think Garrett Garrett Nelson will <laughs> probably go in. I'll tell you what. There, there was a lot. I mean, there were players all over the field missing tackles, but the one I thought the most solid tackler out there was Caleb Tanner in that game. I thought Caleb Tanner had a really good game, um, and and he's out there as somebody who can be a bigger part of that linebacking group. And I think you found your your kind of nickel hybrid, whatever it is, uh, a, a position with Gifford. And I I feel like he's yeah played, I think he's had a nice he's I thought yeah. he's had a really solid beginning of the season as well. I think that's. Probably promising Missing JoJo is obviously yep. something that that is also an to this defense, and and it, Gifford's not going to be there right away because I think JoJo was better than I think we even realized um, as as he's gone. But nonetheless, um, there there are a few bright spots there. But yeah, those those two sides of the ball, those two things you mentioned right off the bat, Brandon, are the things that I've been thinking about too. Mm-hmm. And we can we can nitpick about offensive play calling, and we can nitpick about you know fielding punts and all of those things, which are certainly important and going to be impactful, but. But those two things are the primary, primary concern. It's going not seven
4: on ten. seven, unless you've yeah. got the big guys up front. What did uh, Deion Sanders say? Somebody asked him, when are you going to play Alabama? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. He goes. We've got some skill guys, and we're as good as they are skill wise. But we don't have the dudes. We got to have the guys up front. When I get the guys up front, we'll uh, we'll challenge. Them Those up. are the
6: hard ones to get, huh? Mm-hmm. I'd like uh-huh. to see Jackson State play someone in the Missouri Valley. Yeah, I get a little tired hearing about how great Jackson State is. Right. And they don't even play in that good of a. Yeah.
1: That's true. SCS Come on, you no. send them up to send them up to Vermilion or something.
6: Yeah, like well, need, right? seriously, you saw what South Dakota State did with Iowa. And right. North Dakota came here. Like that is a great conference. Oh yeah, Legitimately a great conference. The, Iowa doesn't
3: the, have the skill players either. I'm a little biased, but the Iowa Mac is well. some of the Missouri Valley I, skill yeah. I, players. Iowa's got the big dudes. They they got the guys. I'll, they
1: don't got the skill guys. I'll make North Dakota <laughs> a four touchdown favorite against Dion.
4: I think the Missouri Valley's a lot like the Mac was ten years ago. They mm-hmm. just kind of keep on the
1: rise and yeah. keep getting talent. Mac's legit as well, I yeah. think, right now. All right, we'll take a break. Great stuff. Uh, love, I love just sitting back and listening to you guys talk about football. And so we're going to grab a break right now. We've got some sound from the week. Uh, we'll react to. There's a lot of conversation this week as Nebraska gets ready for Georgia Southern. You've got to tune to the Friday Husker tailgate. Full crew assembled. We'll be back with more right after this on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers.
7: afternoon. For tonight, clouds will increase, rain becoming likely as we get closer to Saturday morning. From Channel 8 News, I'm Storm Alert Team Meteorologist Malcolm Byron.
2: Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499 Three KLIN. All right,
1: welcome back Friday Husker Tailgate. You can watch us at facebookcom slash 14 Big shout out to Kenny Larrabee behind the scenes does a great job producing that. Uh, That whole TV show, essentially, you can watch on the internet if you'd rather do it that way. Facebook.com slash 1400 KLI. Plus, you can chat with us, ask us questions. We'll take your questions during the breaks instead of talking about the queen. Um, (laughs) All right, Caleb. What happened? That, what happened this week?
3: Uh, well, we'll start out with uh, Frost. On uh, he was asked about what he's learned from Mark Whipple through two oh games boy. of play calling. Oh boy,
5: uh, he's a competitor. He's intense, um, but I guess I already knew that. Uh, yeah, we did a great job. I, I thought he did a great job in the second half. The whole staff did, and. Um, the more collaboration and communication there is, the better. It, that's tough when you're kind of speaking different languages, and um, everybody needs to keep coming together better. And I, I thought the second half was an example of that. And that's players and coaches. The more familiar we get with one another and what we're doing, the better we're going to be.
1: Um, uh, most importantly, uh, how we think about Scott Frost glasses now during the press conferences are those, it's always a little jarring. Are they readers or are they distance ones? I think
3: they're readers. They're readers. I'm pro more Scott Frost glasses.
1: Why does he wear readers when he's not reading and he's looking out at the crowd? That would be annoying.
3: Oh, he's got notes
1: on the podium for sure. Yeah, but the way you wear it, you know. When I got reader, I'm doing this. Um, yeah. You wear readers yet, Brendan? I have. Uh, they're
4: both because my vision's bad, far and close. Oh,
1: so you got like the trans? How do you, how do you mm-hmm. like those? I, I love them. Focal. I gotta get Focal. some of those. Focal, yeah. Well, I, I well, not more. necessarily buy They're like no, they're like transitions. transitions. That's what oh. they're called. Yeah, they call them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so psyched to get yeah. those. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> they're like nice. 2015 over yeah, here. They're so way, way too expensive. I'm so excited! Uh, I can't wait to get them. <laughs> way I can't too. Can't wait to get transitions lenses. Then I've got another Then I
7: have to
4: take my glasses off when I look at my phone every time then the other pair that i have are transition and they they go
1: to shade oh that's
3: cool of, yeah
1: that's really cool. those are always the coolest mike I've do you wake up that. and your eyes work yeah cool oh, me too. too okay give me give you guys 15 years and then let's talk again okay all right. <laughs> yeah, right <sure.
0: laughs> sure. okay. yeah, i'm all right with that <laughs> <laughs> i'll be
1: 49 i
2: won't have
6: glasses It'll be great. so
4: where people talked about it all the time your knees when i was playing they said your knees will go out at 30 and they did. It was like, literally, I turned 30 and my knees started bugging me. Okay.
1: And then they said, your eyes go when you're 40, and my eyes Shh, went when I was 40. Pretty much, 40, yep, yep f- about 42 for me, mm-hmm. right away. And now it's up a- there slamming <laughs> baby carrots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it just didn't it's work. I tried. good for your vision. <laughs> that, that's true. Maybe I should have been doing that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a gross food, but... Whipple, com- Whipple Frost.
3: <laughs> any comments on the play calling? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whipple Frost. I don't know,
3: it's all we've talked about for two years. I'll, I'll, I'll just say
1: this.
4: You saw the play call sheet come out in this game, this past game. In the first game, it stayed in his back pocket. He's getting a little antsy. It's a little awkward on the sideline looking at Scott and Whipple next to each other.
6: It's super awkward. It's really. And he, it's a bad he look. He makes it more awkward every time he like inserts the like, sort of passive aggressive comments that so he has mm-hmm. yeah, post, game. post game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. And then you hear Whipple talk on Wednesdays, and you wouldn't think that it's awkward at no. all because, again. No. As someone who's clearly coached for like forty plus years, he just sort of knows how to sidestep every landmine. I have a lot of appreciation for it because yeah. it's kind of like, "Hey, I know what you guys are doing. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna slightly I'm not going play that over game here. Yeah. Let's talk about how in 1988 I started running unbalanced formations in yeah. high
5: school,
6: <laughs> and then you know he kind of Mike Leeches you, like he takes whatever the topic is. And He makes it just slightly outside the realm of what you thought you were talking yeah. about, and then you answer the question and you move on to the next. He's a, I, he's a master at it.
1: Here's the frustrating thing: is I don't, for me, and I think a lot of fans are like this. Uh, I don't care, sort of, what their share of the balance is in the play calling and what you know, who's doing it and what the input looks like in those things. I wouldn't know, mm-hmm. but it keeps getting. Brought up well, right? and that's because Frost keeps bringing it up
6: himself, mm. right? What? That's I mean, that's what I can't figure out. Because it's still at the a same story time, because it, it, he's the one that, and then it gets walked back
1: on Monday and Wednesday, yeah. and it's like been this pattern for for a couple weeks now, and, and I don't get, I don't understand it. Caleb could speak to this, but it's the questions that initially
6: prompted the whole thing was like people were curious how it was going to work, and you know he basically. <laughs> He said over in Northwestern that they weren't creative enough with the play. Like, I mean, he he kind of like started the whole thing himself.
3: Right. Well, and it, and it was intriguing at first because the curiosity going into it was, well, what is Frost's role going to be during the game? Right, and then you Where have is the he onside going to be? And it's, That's it's what like, the interest was. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily... Yeah, a critique and then the onside kick. (laughs) It wasn't how much is Frost going to insert himself in the offense. It was what is your role going to be on game day? And then, you, yeah, you do see the onside kick. You see his impact trying to get his fingerprints on other parts of the game. But then in post game, it's the we weren't creative enough on offense. And then he got to walk it back with, well, I was talking about specifically the run game and this. And then it comes up again the next week. And it's like, well... We well, said it in the halftime show. Yeah, and initially, as media, we were curious, what is his role going to be? And now it's like, well, we're obligated to continue asking about what the well, play calling is yeah, It's even not like there was
1: a controversy trying to be like dug up or created there no. from no. the beginning.
6: It, it sort of just feels like it's a soap opera at this point, I don't, to yeah. be honest. What
4: I don't get, and you know, I've been around a lot of offensive coordinators, is how an offensive coordinator can stand on the sideline and call a game. And that you might trust Instead the guys upstairs, box, you you know, yeah. I think his son, his son's upstairs. Uh, a couple of GAs are up there, um, but typically offensive coordinators they want to be kind of like isolated, and they don't want any noise. Um, they don't want people talking to him. You know, when he's trying to call a game, um, and certainly, you know, right after a snap, I want to know what the defensive ends are doing. I want to know what that middle linebacker, that safety's doing. Um, but they get into a flow, they get their mojo, and they can see the game that much better. Standing on the sideline. You can't see it. I mean, literally, as a coordinator, you got to see the whole picture. And that's where the really talented ones, you know, they see the whole picture with the defense. On the sideline, it's almost impossible to see that unless you've got good eyes upstairs and you trust it upstairs. It's just, I think it's Whipple style. And yeah. it just, it, to me, I think I, he really I can't just get a good trusts field. his yeah. the
6: build. He does. And so then mm-hmm. he trusts that if they've implemented how it's supposed to be, then it should just work. Yeah. I think it's also kind of why. His offenses historically take a couple years to get better because Good the point. personnel has to kind of build into that, and mm-hmm. then he has to trust it. And mm-hmm. It all kind of has what? to work off of each other.
1: I don't care how the sausage is made, honestly. Yeah. With the play well, calling, I don't think that—that's uh, that, the, the thing. I don't right. think there are a lot of people who have a big theory. On what it should I don't know. Yeah. And I don't even know, Brendan, how often there is collaboration or not collaboration within a staff on the play calling and how that normally looks, and if it's in the headsets constantly or or not, or if the offensive coordinator's kind of on an island. I doing
3: don't think it. anyone would care, but the head chef keeps bringing up the recipe. I mean
4: i, I said, <laughs> The one thing I did sauce- say going into the Northwestern the game cooks. Right. The one thing I did say going into the Northwestern game where Scott could have the most impact is special teams, you know, and have his say on, you know, maybe some, some different tricks or, you know, because he did have experience as a player, you know, and, and typically if you're not a part of game time, game uh, game calling or play calling, then you're, you know, you're, you're having some sort of impact somewhere else. And I thought that that's where he would implement you know, some of his yeah. his calls he did, you know, versus Northwestern. And and it came back again, you know. But those were all based on tendencies and what they were doing in the game, what yeah. they showed before. Um, again, a, a, as a coach, you never want to point fingers, um, you know. But certain players, you know, our kicker, I mean, if he'd have kicked it three yards further right, we might hit our head on the back of the goalpost. Number six on the right He was gone six yards with his head turned around, and there was about a seven to ten-yard gap between five and six. It goes a little bit further right. We pick that up and we score. The squib kick I thought was a great call you know, to get those guys in a position, but he kicked it right at the guy's
1: head. I didn't have nearly the problem with that one. I know know there's one national writer that tried to act like they were the same thing.
4: Right, but think about the Northwestern game. Did you ever feel like our offense had momentum? Did you ever feel like that?
6: After the first drive, yes. First drive in both games? Yeah, Great moment. Well, actually, the first drive after each half yeah. has been tremendous. Well, yeah, it really has.
4: But at the same time once you get out of that scripted mm-hmm. did you ever feel comfortable with the way the game was going well, in northwestern i think that that's what scott felt i felt at that as time. good
1: as i could have at that point after you had the touchdown turnover come right back in touchdown sure. I, I mean i was as i was good and i felt as confident as i could in the defense coming into that situation with them starting at the 25 and a two score lead but i still don't point. i still don't think that They've figured out
4: game time calling, right? After you script the first five to 10 plays, now it's okay, what is the defense giving us, right? Take what they give you, call your plays off of that. I don't feel like they've gotten any rhythm with that.
6: Well, I think some of that is they build so much into the tendencies of what teams have done. And in both situations, Northwestern and North Dakota played them differently than they game plan for. Right. And so that's why you kind of see those second and third series looking awkward right. in the way that they have. I will say that. Prior to that fumble, the drive that they had with Isaiah Garcia Castaneda when he fumbled towards the. Mm-hmm. That looked pretty solid. I mean, there, there's been times where you don't have to like turn your head or squint. Like you can yeah. see that this is an offense oh. that could put up points. Right? I hate
1: to be that guy, but they go in and score there instead of fumble.
6: Well, he didn't fumble. You're right. He didn't fumble. He did, right. he didn't fumble. It was of a of it. terrible
1: right. call. I, that that game I still think that was obviously on the replay. Per, like Mike, Mike Pereira on TV, Mike. I don't know if you heard it, but Mike Pereira say it was <laughs> I obvious. didn't
3: because I was listening to the game on
1: KLIM. Well, I was had both of them going. One, I put headphones on. I put one in each ear. That so seems like a terrible listening experience. It is, but I want to be <laughs> fair.
3: Do you want me to play one more clip? Yeah, in this please. Sorry.
5: We get going on it. That's my fault. That's not. It's Brandon's fault.
3: Frost talked about where the defense can improve.
5: Consistency, Sam, you know, when you watch the game, even me being on the headset with those guys, we'll knock a run out for one and then one for negative two. Uh, We've had too many that have creased, and um, that's just detail. Uh, We're going to do a little more ones versus ones this week. Um, Some ways I feel as a head coach watching, like uh, the defense needs to see those plays being run at the speed that the one offense can give them and even though we don't get perfect looks on either side and trying to give each other a look uh, i think it's important to continue to do those things so we'll do a little more of that uh, we weren't able to do much of that last week um, coming off a trip overseas we work on tackling all the time um, you know that the one thing you can't get is too many live reps in practice and i think we probably get as many or more than most uh, but at the end of the day there's really no substitute for for actually live bullets and and getting those reps, and uh, we got a lot of guys that have made a lot of tackles in their career here that I'm less worried about, and some guys that are newer that haven't made as many tackles. But um, man, when you watch college football, and I'm working too hard to watch a lot of it, but you see a lot of early season stuff going on that that teams have to fix, and, and we're no different than anybody else. There, there's things that we need to continue to improve on.
1: It it honestly strikes me with the tackling; it's a lot of like overrunning. Yeah,
6: it feels right. like they're not set. I get, yeah, I, I don't know what the exact terminology is, but they you don't break mean?
1: down quick enough.
6: Right. Yeah. They're
4: not stepping to contact, wrapping. Yeah. They're, they're and getting rolling out. The guy. They're
6: trying
1: to get that spot as fast right. as they can, right. and the momentum is still going the other direction. Right, uh, yeah. with that whole thing,
4: it's tough. You know, again, I think in today's game, uh, you're, you're limited on your numbers of plays with your ones uh, in practice, and then you're also concerned about keeping guys healthy. But you know, again, I you got to go back to keeping your your sword sharpened, and unless you're you have physical periods to where it's live tackling, I'm not saying on the quarterback because I mean w- we never did that. I mean our quarterbacks never got tackled. We ran the option; those guys get tackled all the time, which always was a concern because you know they've got to get used to getting tackled as well. But we had really good option quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're in the run pass option zone read, and those guys. And that's the other thing. I mean, really, our quarterbacks aren't being told to run the football. Right? Right. You know, Casey Thompson, he ran it one time, and it was, yeah, you should run. Yeah. But in Northwestern, he probably should have kept it two or three oh, times. <laughs> you know, and he walks in. And if he doesn't walk, like in, play like like walk in, yeah, it's almost like he's got that triple option. Yeah. Look, right? So, you know, the physical part of the game, um, you, you have to capitalize it. I don't care if it's the beginning of the season, the end of the season, and tackling has got to be a part of that. Caleb, we need
1: a Fantasy Oscars password. I totally forgot it.
3: Oh, oh. <laughs> I got one we, oh, we no, 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 I already have it. It's sty. I want to see okay. if people can spell it. I'm not going to give oh. them the spelling.
1: <laughs> there you go. Text There's it go. in to 402 479 149 of the rickstein text blended? line. And you we might never get, get spelled. That one right. get, yeah, that's <laughs> the one that gets misspelled. <laughs> right. uh, text it in there, and if uh, we're going to pick one appeal of people texting it up, Fantasy Oscars pick, the uh, question we're asking this week, how many yards is Nebraska? We even said There's no way. There's no way. All right, we've got to take a break. It is 6.52. We've got more Friday Husker Tailgate. We're going to stay live on the Facebook page. Hang a high in the middle 80s, partly cloudy skies on Friday afternoon. From Channel 8 News, I'm Storm Alert Team
2: Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic, on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, you guys, I feel bad. You know, I don't know if you accuse me of focusing on the negative or or anything like that, but we we probably should have mentioned uh, Grant's performance uh, before the last minute of the first hour of the show. I mean, we. I mean, come on.
3: That no, way. that's fine. I'm just waiting to get all those helmet stickers. Yeah, yeah he's it.
4: definitely number
3: one right oh, now. Yeah, I mean, but he's
4: leaving. He gave
6: he? two helmet stickers before Wait, the game ended.
3: So. Is Grant number one, or is Scott Frost going to answer and say, "Well, let's not crown him yet"? No, let That's another place he, he, that he wasn't really... talking about the helmet
1: stickers. No, 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 you no, can no. crown him I'm on right. the helmet stickers. No, but like, no, I, I'm <laughs> trying. St- I'm trying to think. He doesn't even pay attention to our helmet stickers. I yeah, too.
3: I haven't got a text from him about it yet. Are you offended? A, a little, little bit <laughs> but that's another place where frost gives like weird answers when you're asking about anthony grant like it, is he better than what what you thought you were getting um, well, is, little, is he, a little, is little he a little bit of that back? is also
4: you don't want the opponent to read your hand as well you know <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of possum the, the opponent possum. to read your,
3: who else is getting carries right like you can
1: see who's getting right. The,
3: right. the well wow,
1: way okay. to hijack my positive segment turn into Johnson a negative you're tweet? Welcome. yeah
4: what, what was, it? was it? It was like a puppy dog behind, yeah, a like cage with his a face cage pressed up
1: against it. Oh, <laughs> what? Well, well, listen, what? Okay, hold on, just a minute about the whole thing, though, about other running backs. I know Frost, and I get it. You're a coach. You feel bad that that other guys aren't getting in. That you think a lot of them are working hard, and that. Uh, but guess what? I don't want to see Grant off that field unless right. he completely changes how he's playing or he needs to get out because he needs a break. I, I think it's like that's things at that work.
6: One, you're constantly having to assure the guys that are behind so they don't leave to go into the portal, which has been an issue at running back for them. Yeah. Two, I don't know if they over there think Anthony Grant's their best running back because I think they think it's A.J. Allen.
1: Okay, really, that, really, good. That would have had to have been one of the weirdest, exceptional game and a halves of football for that well, to be true.
6: I mean, I think they like Anthony Grant a lot. I just think that you're going to see a lot of AJ Allen. Going forward, too, who I think is really good. So
4: Anthony Grant brings a lot of experience with snaps, yeah. and he's been a lot of different places. Unbelievable story. I mean, he's overcome a lot of adversity. I think the philosophy with him is get him get a guy in there that has the experience that's going to secure the football, and then at, at moments get AJ Allen in there, get him a little bit more comfortable. And so you might see a one two punch with these yep. guys as he's, the season gets. You
1: know, what my nickname for Grant up. is I test Anthony. I test Anthony first running back since the uh, late, late years of Amir Abdullah. Where I just I saw it and I was like that dude. On my
6: my nickname scale. That's a two out of five. The, Here, think about Amir. On my person the, scale. Think, think you're a about one that out of room. <laughs> I can't remember Better than a zero. <laughs> hey,
1: I can't remember the
4: guys uh, the running back that transferred in that room. But uh, Greg Bell. Greg Bell. Yeah. Remember that room. They had Amir Abdullah. They no, had.
2: Oh no, no! If you come across anything that slows you down, call the traffic hotline four zero two four seven nine fourteen fourteen. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Jack Quez to the 35. Nice move.
6: 40, 45, 50,
2: 45, 40, run, big fella. 30, 25, 20. Step on me the guy. 10, 2, 5, Jack Quez, yes! We love you in Lincoln! Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody is thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium. Upside down right now
0: back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 at the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes
1: out.
2: This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, Mike Schaefer, and former Husker National Champion, Brendan Stein. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger or Orthopedics on Phoenix, on 1499.3 KLIN. It's not bedtime, but we're pretty sure this guy's put some people to sleep. Cuddle up to your radio and settle in. It's time for Storytime
1: with Sty. The award-winning segment, multiple awards. It's like the Huskers in the 90s of morning radio segments is what it is. People always want to talk about it, uh, but you know uh, unlike the Oscars in the 90s uh this keeps going perpetually winning awards uh the uh the story time with side brought to you by exchange bank where we go inside Brendan's memory we uh, it's it's kind of like uh sort of like a football therapy situation thing where we start pulling out things that he forgot he even knew and we get amazing stories every single time and uh we uh we like having Brendan and all that experience from uh playing at Nebraska playing in the NFL and so forth and Brendan you touched on it at the beginning of the show and I want to kind of go back to this idea of ones versus ones um and and caleb you had mentioned uh i said that
3: i didn't hear you say it I'm okay wow
1: well, i wish you had listened to me during the show <laughs> um <laughs> Brought to you by Exchange Bank. Tell us how you He's really brought, feel. Brought to, brought to you by Exchange Bank. Anyway. He's uh, supposed
3: to be doing the play calling. I can't get yeah, over please the fact that I want to do Get off back play of my calling. shoulder.
1: I think I'm being very. Have you considered
6: getting from a higher vantage point?
3: <laughs> I think I'm being very creative with it, the way that I get it in
1: there. I think my resume speaks for itself. I've been doing this for years. Anyway. Um, uh, Caleb, you, you were you had on your, your kind of list of big things at uh, press conference this week was talking about going ones versus ones. What did Frost have to say? about
3: uh, Well, that? obviously he, he had mentioned on Monday that they wanted to do more of that this week because they haven't had as much opportunity with the uh, uh, abridged weeks and, and the different schedules. But yesterday he talked about how he liked the way the one v ones went this week. Hopes that that has them prepared and ready to go for Saturday. So,
1: Brandon, I want to hear from you in your career. Like how how normal was that? Was that Always the case, never the case, sometimes the case? Was it just a matter of coaching philosophy, and how much did that change practice when it was good versus good uh, in practice?
4: Well, I mean, it was a part of what we did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Nebraska. Yeah, Um, It was a meat grinder, for sure. Um, We would have at least two to three periods um, on Tuesday in particular, to where we were going, ones versus ones, and it wasn't um, you know anything that was long. It was you know anywhere from you know eight to twelve plays, um, and it was inside drill, which which is where I think a lot of guys lost sleep. Before you go into that practice, you know the night. So it's not necessarily about, like an
1: eleven-eleven scrimmage. You're talking about individual drills, right? Right. right.
4: Like, nine on seven is is more or less. You know, you're going against offense is going against seven guys. So nine guys versus seven. You don't have receivers, but it's you know, it's between the tackles and it's you know it it really weeds out i think um maybe if you do have issues uh where you have to improve um you know and, and like i said it's it's getting back to making sure you're sharpening that sword every single week and you know by wednesday that was the the funnest part about all of the ones versus ones is at the end of the practice on wednesday we do goal line and coach Osmer would stand right on the goal line and it'd be ones versus ones, twos versus twos, and you had three opportunities to score. You know, two yards out, mm-hmm. and it was it was intense. Uh, not only the players got hyped up for it, but the coaches as well. You know, Coach Osborne stand way off to the side on the goal line to see who scored or not. And you know, I broke <laughs> Did, I broke. A, let's just put it this way: I broke a helmet in that drill. Jeez. snapped a helmet right down the middle of it. Yeah, so. Probably, probably technolo- lost some brain cells. I was
1: gonna say I was hoping the technology and helmets have improved right. at at that point. But there was a I I mean, there was certainly a matter of it was competitive, it was kind of prideful about who was coming out on oh, top yeah. between the units.
4: Absolutely. You know, and when I played, we had pretty good defenses. And they had not only the first string, but the second string up front. And our linebackers were stout as all get up. Talk about, you know, consuming guys, our linebackers made a living on that. Those guys up front did a really good job of Taking that one-on-one situation, if there was two, you know, not necessarily two gapping, but you know, stalemating at the line, and those linebackers would just fly downhill. And that's what I don't see our linebackers doing. I don't see them flying downhill. It's more like waiting, waiting, you know, playing over the top or playing behind. Um, So you know, I think the whole physical part of the of the game, you cannot, you know, you you can't sit back and say, well, it'll just come. You know, you have to practice that physical part of it. When I got to the pros. Uh, Coach Cower didn't do it. And then I mentioned something to him, you know, uh, maybe halfway through the season, I said, like, Coach, maybe we should put the pads on a little bit, you know? Um, you know, have a period. And those coaches, they really like to take care of their players. But a lot of times, they're worried about guys not knowing how to practice and taking care of each other. Well, when you've got pads on and you're going ones versus ones and you're in a nine-on-seven drill, yeah, it's no holds bar. You're going 100 miles an hour. and And to me, that not only sharpens a sword but it it creates it builds confidence you know hey listen we're backed up against the wall or we're we're you know on the 2 yard line trying to punch it in i know we have the physicality to do it let's do it because of that practice and what you're doing
1: how much is it, did did that make a difference how much How much does it improve or change your ability your confidence your readiness for physicality in the game huge
4: difference for me at least right. it did for me and i and the guys around me as well, I went through that process at Nebraska that was a huge difference and when I got into the pros. We did it uh, during the week once, one time in practice. We would go one's versus ones. So we're going against, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Yeah, and you know, we we put the pads, we take the pads off right after it, and everybody's like, okay, boom, we're done. Right then, you can kind of. It, what's interesting when you don't wear pads or uh, your half pads. You you tend to concentrate more on the scheme of things, and it seems to me you're not so much worried about the physical part. You're more worried about the mental, so your technique is a little bit more sound. You can concentrate on on that a little bit more, um, but nothing replaces the physicality the, of the of the game by going ones versus ones, and even ones versus twos. You know that's the other part of this component. You're only as good as the guys you practice against. And I'm curious as to where Scott thinks his scout team is um because you know when Riley was here it was it was a joke i mean it really was and it, and they were offense and defense they were always set up for success i mean some of the things that they did was was kind of ridiculous uh, if you ever watched one of those practices um but when scott got here you know over the last i'd say you know 3 and 4 years our scout teams have guys on there that are real close to playing. And as long as you have those kind of guys and they're bringing that kind of physicality and you've got the pads on, then you don't necessarily have to worry about going ones versus ones. you got good guys you're going against and you get physical.
3: Were How- there any defensive linemen that maybe you disliked that you enjoyed getting to go head-to-head in practice. All of them? (laughs) By the the general
6: nature of being on the other side of the ball. Yeah, Yeah.
3: that that you got the better of, and that gave you a a special kind of pride when you came out of practice on Well,
4: I mean, I think really what you're talking about is a measuring stick. If if I have success against this guy, I'm going to have success in a game. And for me at Nebraska, it was always kind of like um, Christian Peter, Uh, Because he played that kind of that zero, that one technique. Um, Every now and again, he'd move out to a three. Or a Jeff Ogard, there's a name from the past. Mm -hmm. Big body guy. Big dude. Right? Um, But then you'd also want to see a guy that was skilled and quick. Uh, Jason Peter, when he was young, going against a guy like that, he just, you knew he was going to be good because he was stout when you you hit them it's just a difference in tendon strength i don't know what it is some people call it farmer strength
1: you couldn't move that guy all those farms you know? in new jersey i'm sure that's what it was.
4: <laughs> yeah but i would say you know i mean you kind of you kind of relished um, a chance to go against a christian peter or a jeff ogard um because they brought it every single time yeah
1: what what is the mentality i mean you you're I'm not. Let's say you're full padded, but you're going against either a scout team or or lower. You know, people who are further down the rung. I mean, is it just? I'm gonna bury. I know I'm better than this person. I'm gonna bury them. I'm, I mean, I'm yeah. really gonna show that I'm. Well, what, what, I just what, that what like? pissed
4: me off was when you had guys in there that had no, really no business, being on the field with you, uh, when then all of a sudden they'd crank it up and be, become a scout team All-American. <laughs> then you get pissed off and you start going after Rudy it. Rudiger yeah. here trying to win All-American in <laughs> exactly. practice. Great example, great example. Um, but when you, you know, when you had the opportunity to go against a lesser opponent uh, in practice, again, it almost kind of switched your mind to, I'm really going to focus on the scheme and my technique. And as long as I don't screw up that, I should be pretty good and have um, you know, grading out in practice over 90% every single time. Where you get into trouble is when you're going against those really good guys. You kinda everything goes out the out the door when it comes to technique and you're just focused in on beating this guy and all of a sudden, you know, you've got two hands on a guy when you should be just one hand on a guy getting up to a linebacker because you want to just destroy the guy because he's pissing you off. Uh, But for the most part, um when you're going against, you know, the lesser talent on scout team that developmental talent uh it gave you an opportunity to sharpen the mental part of it and your and your your uh technique
6: how how much better does your communication have to be with the guy next to you on the offensive line when you are in the good versus good yeah because you can't just you know go through the motions
4: again That's a process. Uh, So there's a lot of nonverbal stuff and there's also verbal stuff. So, you know, you get to a point where you're so comfortable with a guy, you can make false calls. because that you know when you're going against the same guys all the time uh they know your call they're cheating yeah absolutely and so when i don't have to look at you and wink at you and say hey you know x block you know when you're actually coming off the ball double team a guy you just you, you say x and you know mm-hmm. you know i mean you know it's a it's a dummy call and they're like oh my gosh i'm, I'm ready for the down block and then it's it's done you know so it's it's really important and, and that's again that's a part of the gelling and the chemistry to where it's a non-verbal communication and you're making adjustments not on the sideline
1: but during the game with each other yeah yeah there are a lot of people who say jack you need to weave your football experience in more when brendan does and i can do that if you guys need it uh i remember you cheated in practice i remember (laughs) i was the same thing i remember playing defensive end lincoln east 1995 and i i heard or knew the play that was coming somehow or the other and i was defensive end i knew the i was on the left side and i knew cheating. i knew the left guard was pulling on that play Which is supposed to surprise me, but it didn't surprise me, and right. so you know I kind of I kind of and and uh, kind of put my shoulder in there and and uh, you know it's just it's what you did it was crazy at those East practices very similar same year exactly that you were well, doing it a few blocks away let's just put it on the
4: opposite <laughs> side of that you got to have a scout team that takes pride in embarrassing the offense or the defense and so when I was at Nebraska what we did was our main goal in in, in practice was to get the coaches say run it again. Yeah. Now, run it again. When now, you're on the scout team. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get him to run it again. Oh, gosh, that next play, you know, that's going to be pretty brutal. You know, one example would be remember Kenny Walker, deaf yeah. defensive lineman? Mm-hmm. It was a short trap inside. They didn't know what was coming. And I pulled and trapped. And I'm a freshman and I pancaked him. And of course, the coaches are like, run it again. Oh, jeez. I go back to the line. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be bad. <laughs> I pull. And it was like running into a wall. And I'm on my back and he's looking at me. He's like, don't you ever do that again. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, I got it. <laughs> it's coming. But you know, when I was coaching with Bo, well, uh, you know, I, I got those guys to really believe in the fact that, you know, getting the, the offensive coach or the defensive coach to say run it again was amazing. And um, you know, it was kind of our motto. Um, you know, the, I called him the Rat Pack and you had to earn a rat pack shirt and the motto on the on the rat pack was in quotes, run it again. So if you can get a scout team uh, to take that kind of pride, then you're then you're going somewhere. Yeah, I bet that was very annoying to the starters at oh, times yeah. when they started. Oh yeah, it. you know you see these scout team guys walking around with these shirts like Kenny Bell. Hey coach, let me get one of them shirts. Nah man, you got to prove yourself
1: over here on scout team before you get one of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's incredible. How much uh, we we talked about tackling and, and the uh, and the issues from kind of that defensive side of the ball specifically. How much does that change your... I don't know. I don't know what it is. How much does it change when you're doing live tackling in practice? How you come into Saturday? Like, how does that actually work? Because you know how to tackle, right? I mean, you've you've done it before. It's not like you forgot during the week because you weren't doing live hitting. Mm-hmm. Explain to me sort of that relationship between the week of practice and the game, especially when it pertains to
4: tackling. Well, I think it's twofold. It's the physical part of it, uh, but it's also the technique. And we talked about that. The technique hasn't really been there for these guys. They're flying to the football, right? But they're not stepping to contact you know they're not they're not wrapping and rolling and taking a guy get taking a guy down they're they're leaving their feet before they get the tackle um and so i think when you're practicing those two things the physical part of it and the technique part of it um the more confidence you can build to be consistent with it it's weird that you played with kenny walker it's like a er two eras in my head that don't connect he was a stud (laughs) unbelievable yeah okay I used to watch that guy curl hundred pound dumbbells in the weight room. Hundred pound dumbbells curling, yeah. You know, and then I had to go against him, yeah. in practice.
1: And for people like, who don't know, I mean, it was a huge way. story when I was a kid. It was, it was fast. I mean, I even remember he, he was uh, he was deaf uh, or had hearing loss, and like, he was were, deaf. There were all these totally <laughs> totally deaf. Was oh, it? Yeah. yeah. I- how did that work? Yeah, like, was, how, I mean he was, was a really good player.
4: Oh, he was an amazing player and when he was offsides it was there was for a reason, you know, and, and he gave tackles just hell. Uh what was cool, probably the best story about Kenny was in team meetings. So he had an interpreter her name was Mimi. Mimi man. Yep. Mimi. <laughs> Mimi used to sit at the front of our team meeting room and when coach Osborne would leave the room and coach McBride would come in to talk, everybody, you know, of course coach Mc, he had a way with words. Just put it that way. And whenever well, McR- some of, McRide, whenever some mean? of those words would come out, everybody would look at me. Me, how do you sign that? <laughs> Oh, it was was fantastic. It's like
3: every sophomore in high school when they get the Spanish to English. That's one sign. Everybody knows that
1: universal sign. But
3: what about the other words? (laughs) Let's learn how to sign
5: swear words. (laughs) How
1: how much, I mean, are you doing, how much has that progressed or has it changed, you know, for uh, at Nebraska or when you were doing it in the pros? How much did that change, like the practice philosophy from the beginning of the year? To the middle of the year, to the end of the year, when you're getting more worn down injuries yeah, become more I mean, of an it, issue.
4: Obviously, and you're going to tone it down a lot more. Um, and, th- and those live type of situations, those physical uh, sessions in practice, maybe become one or two as the season progresses halfway through to the end. You know, you're always going to crank up out of camp. You're still kind of doing the same things. Uh, then you got to take care of your players. And, and what you hope as a coach is that your players learn how to practice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can be physical in practice and, and not necessarily, you know, take a guy to the ground um, or finish a guy, you know, and pancake a guy. You know, once you get to a situation where the technique's great and the physical part is, then
1: you kind of let off. Mm-hmm. Did you – I I when I was playing, probably because I wasn't good – i kind of dreaded practice every day it's just football's not fun to practice yeah i was Put gonna say but not. if
4: you're good when you're at the top of your, unless you're it, unless you're a kicker or you're a backup quarterback <laughs> i was gonna
1: say in 1994 you wake up and you have practice are you excited about going to practice no
4: not at all not really no no and and the reason why at nebraska was it was so physical you know i mean the coaches they tried to take care of us but the way that we ran the football, uh, you could not get away from the physicality part of the of the practice. And so, you know, where you look forward to was that Thursday practice, you know, and that Friday walkthrough, the walkthrough, yeah. the walk-through mm-hmm. catching footballs. I mean, that was almost like uh, you know uh, a gift right at the end of the week. Because you, I mean, and there was a good reason why I think for many years a lot of players that came out of Nebraska NFL. NFL coaches and scouts, uh, they kind of shied away from the Nebraska player because you went through a meat grinder. And by the time you got to that point where you can go play at the next level, you know, your body was pretty worn out. Um, You know, so again, for, you know, you go through a week of practice, um, knowing that you survived that physicality going into a game, games become easy
1: i mean were there a lot of practice injuries like that that you, that uh, wouldn't have been, that that, I remember. that would have been, wouldn't have that would have been avoided had it been less physical less you know good on good that because no, sort of t- that's the re- part of the reason people avoid doing it i assume right I think when you know a lot of Guys that get injured uh, get injured
4: because they're going half speed or three quarter speed, and or guys are on the ground, um, you know. And so when you're going full throttle, the injuries come as to maybe a, you know like a muscle tear or something like you know to where it's like if you're standing around, you're going three quarter speed. You know, you should never stand around. Your feet should always be moving in practice. Where guys got injured is when
1: you know you kind of slow it down a little bit, and somebody else is going a thousand miles an hour. That's when you get hurt. Mm-hmm. On on that, I'm thinking of that ninety fourteen, the national championship team when the when the offense did well. Who let who on the offense was most letting know those big guys on the defense about it? Who oh, let, was Zach, it, Zach was, was always a, chirping. It was Zach, oh, yeah. Zach Wiegert. Oh yeah,
4: always chirping. Not only in practice, he was chirping in games. I loved it, man. I loved it. And you know, when I played with him in the pros, we were in Jacksonville. You know, gosh darn, probably one of the best fights I ever seen in my life. You know, <laughs> Zach. Zach, he comes back to the huddle. We're playing uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens at Peter, Boar, Boar, Peter Boar, Boar, yeah, off the Yeah. Zach kept coming back. And, you know, Zach had chirp, chirp, chirp. And he'd come back to the uh, the huddle three or four times. And he's just, like, so irritated. He's like, the guy keeps putting his hands in my face. I'm like, I looked at him. I go, do something about it. And I didn't, like, mean, like, like get into a fight, right? <laughs> So the next time wait, wait. You're, then,
1: an a, you're an accomplice,
6: right? I know this.
4: exactly. So the next time we, you know, we get down. We and I, it was one of those plays where I was uncovered and I look to help the center and I look out to Zach and all of a sudden I, I just see Zach and he's got bull by the face mask and he's just uppercutting him and it's like bull was like lifting off the ground.
1: <laughs> I'm like Zach,
4: no. Well, Zach, get, he got booted, and then Coughlin, so when you get booted from a game, you know you have to sit out, uh, I believe, the next game, right? So, Is that still the NFL, a thing in the NFL? You get fi-
6: no, you, you get fined. Fine, yeah. Yeah, you got In fined. college, you'd have to sit out. Yeah,
4: but then Coughlin would turn around, and he'd fine you twice for the same yeah. And that's why you always saw these non-injury grievances from players against Jacksonville <laughs> and Tom Coughlin, because <laughs> you'd always fine guys fine. twice, yeah. Oh.
1: That's you should have been fined for that. You put him up to it. I know. Weger should accomplice. have said to Coughlin, "That's Brandon's fault. He told me to do yeah. it." <laughs> Zach's
4: a big boy. He yeah. makes his own decision. That's
1: good. That's good. Was 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 uh, was Tommy a talker within practice? Tommy Frazier? No, uh, Tommy, not much.
4: Tommy early on was was really quiet. You know, he. he one of the things that Tom, he did so well uh, was as he got older and he gained more experience was that he just played with a tremendous amount of confidence and i think and then when i left you know i think he kind of kept that and he wanted to prove everybody that you know hey i am the best at running the the option and so tommy never really was a talker he was more of a talker you know on the sideline Or in the meeting room or at the training table or in, you know, the equipment room or, you know, getting your ankles taped. You always heard Tommy kind of chirping with guys.
1: And then I like have this perception, right or wrong. That like your fullback, you know, your Schlesinger's of the world and and uh, you know, Makovic is of the world and all those guys. That they're I don't know why I think this. That they're these like quiet, huge guys. Big time.
6: Is that what uh, it's Corey, hard for me to even imagine Corey Schlesinger saying anything yeah, because he would rather just run you over. He and spoke to you actions. Yeah. <laughs> and I then it basically just too. like Point over to the sideline because no. he needs his third face mask of the game because he just shattered. I don't know what it, exactly. it is. I have this stereotype well, the stereotype about pullbacks
1: they're these huge, terrifying looking no. silent guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the I mean, henchmen, if you're, you're you. right. Yep. But think
4: about when Corey scored that last touchdown. Yep. Right. He had the he most. He rolled the ball off of his helmet
1: was, and was just like, "Yeah, it was the I'm good hold on, that second touchdown." <laughs> I think I've gone over the watch it on YouTube, guys. Yeah. Mine, Corey's second touchdown of the game. It is one of the most dorky, yeah. awkward celebrations With for five Rob. seconds. Him yeah. Him and first Rob. thing he does is he like rolls the football off his head. Yeah. Like you obviously haven't thought about what you're doing. And then, and it, then he and Rob yeah, give yeah, this. They miss. They miss on they, a they dual, they
4: dual they high five. They give each other yeah. the dumbest <laughs>
6: dual high Yay! Yay! That needs yeah, to be yeah. the mirror on a gas station in David City.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like they, they came up oh and it was God. it was like Bro. someone you've never is someone who has very clearly I never thought about celebrating a
4: never, touchdown before. Never around a fullback in all my years of playing that ever talked. No, they were really just, they were
1: just workhorses, man. Lunch pail guys. Yep, that's interesting. So
6: stereotypes, I, I can, can totally be right. believe
1: that no, stereotypes funny. can be right sometime. I, I guess. Know. All right, very good. That's story time aside, You can see why we just rack up <laughs> awards every year. All right, it's in, sem- in perpetuity. Let's go. They should name the award after us. 731. Down. Call the traffic hotline
2: 402-479-1414. Keep it to move. No time saver traffic. I'm Chris Loftgren. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health. Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499-3. KLIN.
1: Well, I lied. Uh, the... Uh, Morning Drive is coming up the next segment after this. It'd be great if I actually got to know the schedule of the show that I run. But we scripted the run, plays. Uh, script, uh, exactly. We script, script, we're script. we better when I'm going straight on script and then I loosen up in the second quarter of the game and you guys make adjustments and everything's different <laughs> at that point. No, it is time for our helmet stickers, our virtual helmet stickers. We give them out to the players that showed out in last week's game. Let's look at the very early standings. Brendan wasn't here last week, so he didn't give any out and he didn't email any to me, so he didn't get any. Uh, helmet sticker <laughs> leaderboard after one game, Travis Vokalek had three. Well, he didn't play last week so we won't get any more isaiah garcia castaneda got two uh, brian Bushini, the punter got two uh grant got one and thompson casey thompson got one so let's add some more uh caleb why don't we just go with you and go around the horn counterclockwise well
3: here. i'm sure this is going to come as no surprise but you got to go anthony grant right 189 yards two touchdowns really became the guy that that you could lean on and And whether or not you want anyone to crown him or not, he has been a giant bright spot for the offense through two games.
1: What's his nickname again, Jack? Uh, I test Grant. Okay.
3: I test Anthony is what you said. I test Anthony. Oh yeah, that
1: was better. I (laughs) test Anthony. I can imagine like a poster with like an optometrist type, uh, like the backwards E and stuff. Look and at those you just trying to set him
3: up with a uh, N-I-L. N-I-L, N-I-L. NIL. Did it did it
1: spell out <laughs> run the ball? Yeah, yes, that'd be shark. awesome. R-U-N. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, I know some people out there in I Care Specialties. Get on it. <laughs> Is
4: it to me? Yes. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with I just do what I do. Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer. There you go. <laughs>
1: He's a fascinating I just do what interview. I do. <laughs> I never quite know how he's going to say it. Wait, what I, do you mean by that for people who don't uh, hear his interviews? So
6: he, um, he's very, very relaxed. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, it does not ever feel like he's coming out of a practice or a game when he's talking. I want that mentality. And then on top of it, someone asked him if he watched LSU Florida State, because yeah. obviously he came from LSU. And he's like... I don't watch college football like that. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, this reporter was just like, well, you, okay. you played there. Like, you know these people. You weren't curious at all. He's like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's That's just awesome. a very, like, I don't give a bleep mentality about, like, whatever. You know, like, he's just, he clearly can, he, his mindset is that he can go play as hard as he can. But then when he's off the field, football's dumb for him.
1: Man, Interesting. I just do what I do. Listen, that that play that turned that game around was that third down huge. and long pass huge, yeah, huge, to him huge. which was kind of a weird play because I don't know if it was underthrown or intentionally underthrown but it needed to be like it wasn't like the prettiest hit him in stride no. type situation mm-hmm. uh, but so Casey, it was
6: big for him to go make that play cuz he dropped something similar in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. And so for I think it was big for his confidence and big for
1: Casey's. Mm-hmm. Is he how big a like is he a so, you can become more of a factor, more of a weapon, do you think, as the year goes on? I don't think he's on? a jump
6: ball guy, so that's why that was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I think he's more of you catch it in space, and he's going to race people to the end zone. I mean, I those posts and those drags are where I think he's going to be pretty dangerous.
1: Okay. Like, All right. Just
6: my so, that's the first one it. for
1: Palmer this that's year? That's Palmer's first helmet sticker of the year, and he probably doesn't care. All right.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate.
1: Mike, who are you giving your first I, one to? Uh,
6: I sent a tweet during the middle of the game, so I already have two selected. <laughs> oh, did you mention?
1: Uh, you mentioned who your helmet stickers are going yeah, to like tweet.
6: I said that they're going to be on auto pick until we hear otherwise. Hey, Anthony, thanks for your cross Anthony Grant is going to get the first of the auto picks. <laughs> tremendous <laughs> tremendous game for I test Anthony.
1: I'm I'm <laughs> now I'm saying it, it, in, it in an ironic way. Uh, no, it's awesome. Get that. <laughs> let's make that a thing.
6: I mean, he I, and it wasn't just the 46-yard touchdown run or the 19-yard touchdown run. It was there was some like five or six yard gains where there was nothing and he got them the extra spin move in the backfield jump cut broken play where he's like i'll pick up 19 here (laughs) you know so just an impressive performance from him all the way around
1: i don't i don't want to go i've got grant too and i'll do his and i want to talk about him the morning drive, so i don't want to go too far but i'll just say this he's got every button on the ps5 controller available to him uh which is nice and he's he's the first time the first time in, a, in in quite a while where I've wanted to watch replays of his runs just so I can do the Chris Berman whoop, whoop, It'll jump, making, cut. making the. Make, uh, it, I mean that ju- Caleb can attest to this. Yesterday, I was watching that run where he did the spin cycle on the left, then went around to the right, mm-hmm. and then juke. I mean that dude's jock strap was not just on the ground; it was like buried in the field turf.
3: Ankles, uh, knees, hips, all one. of it. That gone.
1: juke he set up. I mean, he even did it sort of slowly and just baited that guy yeah. into looking like a moron, yep. and it was amazing. <laughs> so Anthony Grant takes the lead in helmets stickers with for Caleb
3: my second one's gonna go to Garrett Nelson he uh he broke the streak of after six quarters into the season finally got a sack on the quarterback and yeah we're all sitting there like wow maybe they should uh pull those pull that advertising if you're never gonna have an actual Big Mac sack but but yeah Garrett Nelson getting in the backfield man he just flies he, they, I know we've, we've talked about the, the linebackers and some of the defense. It doesn't look like they're flying all over the place. For Garrett Nelson, I never have that worry. Like, it yeah. always looks like he's going 100 miles an hour, which he's done since he got to Lincoln.
4: Yeah, I think he was hard on himself after the first game. He went He has been. probably one of the best... Tackles in college football right now, right? Uh, PFF five.
1: put out that he's rated number one throughout yeah. the throughout the I year. Was, I so thought far. he was
4: too hard on himself. Yeah. You know, um, had back to back big plays in uh, versus
1: North Dakota. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I like about Garen Nelson? Among you know, being a big contributor on defense, the way that he celebrates, he celebrates like he's on stage at a Van Halen concert in the early early eighties. <laughs> David, WWF, David man, Lee Roth go. era. <laughs> he lo- like that's what he looks like. He belongs on stage as just a dancer at a day David Lee Roth-era <laughs> Van, Van Halen concert. And that's what I... Like, he even did the air guitar last year against Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, that guy belongs with with uh, playing Jump for My Love, uh, yeah. or Jump, Jump for My Love, the Pointer Sisters. Uh, all right, so Garrett Nelson, that's his first of the year. Yeah, yeah. I,
4: I think uh, we talked a little bit about him at the beginning. Uh, Isaac Gifford, I'll give him my second head sticker. I think Isaac, number one, uh, he's he's out to prove everybody wrong. Um, undersized guy. Tremendous skill set. I mean, he is so fast, and he's smart. And eight total tackles, seven solo, one tackle for loss. Well-deserving
1: of a helmet sticker. Shout-out Lincoln. Two starters for the defense on Lincoln, from Lincoln. That's nice. I don't have that very often. Mike?
6: I am. Uh, look, I said it was. It was an autopilot one. This might be the last week where that happens. But I'm going to give one to Brian Bruschini again because he had a big punch that gave him another. The
1: yeah,
6: I mean it's. He's amazing.
4: Eh. He's amazing what he can do. with No, that he's ball. amazing. Yes.
6: That
1: nickname isn't amazing. <laughs> well, I mean it's no. You know, let's okay. be honest. Right, I
6: test it's no he's not I- disappearing. It's, it's right no. I like test Anthony.
1: Got some tricks. Up
6: no, his I mean he just. He has what I think eight punts on the season, five of which are inside the twenty. Mm-hmm. Again, he flipped the field in a huge situation for Nebraska. Pin North uh, North Dakota deep. Obviously, you know they they need this guy because he's going to. to if if you're playing this bend don't break defense, you got to start him as deep as possible. Mm-hmm. So, so he's you a get weapon. a little field position to work with, and it's just so refreshing. That I can just sit away and type on my computer without having to watch the pun right, anymore? You know it's going to be good. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I know the end result.
4: So I, I sat down with uh, Bill Bush, and we watched some of their practice tape, and he was showing me different skill sets that he has with the ball and how he can place things. It's mm-hmm. it's And that's why the Houdini came to my mind. Yeah, just, it just doesn't rhyme. A, he's got a bunch of unbelievable <laughs> skill when it comes to being backed up. So the, the rule of thumb in special teams, especially with a punter, is 444. Right. So you want to get it at least 44 yards or more. Okay. With at least four seconds or more hang time. time. And I think he's averaging, what, 48 right now? 48 Uh, average.
6: 46, maybe?
4: With a 4 7 hang. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing.
6: He, and he's like a major punning dork. And he's Mm -hmm. like the first to admit it. Like he cares more about punning than any person I've ever met in my life. And I love that. Let's get needed that in we, the worst way.
1: More punning dorks, please. Yeah. By the way, anybody notice that they always used to, like during Brennan's era of playing, they always put the hang time on the T V screen when people punted every time and they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of cool, That was a weird, thing. thing. That was always that a high. thing. Always a thing. They put the hang time. I think thing. it's
3: still in the video games, isn't it? Uh, I don't think
1: so. I don't think so. I just got the new Madden. I haven't seen. It, it. was an NCAA. By the way, RIT. good news for you, Brendan. We picked Bushini for you when you lost connection from nice. Ireland. So uh, Very nice. he's. In I'd have se- picked him. He's second right now in
4: uh, helmet stickers. Northwestern's punter had a great game, but Bushini I mean, he had as good a game.
1: Yep. Oh, nobody's going to get the Iowa's punter. That guy's the best player on that team. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to give. Uh, I'm going to give my next one. To uh, Nelson absolutely deserves one, but I want to go a little bit different here. Uh, I thought Caleb Tanner is somebody that people I don't think talked about very much in the game that he had. I thought he looked really, I thought he looked like the most solid tackler when nobody was tackling in the first half. Um I, I just, you know, he's um, ascended to a captain on this team. I think he's got one of, the, one of the keys for if this defense gets it going more than they are right now is for... For him to really be a different kind of contributor because I think he's got that potential right now. He's shown some of that pass rush capability in the past as well. I thought he had a good game. I don't know what his stats ended up being, but I just remember saying, hey, there's a guy who looks like he's tackling. There's a guy who looks like he's playing. And so that's why I'm giving Caleb Tanner his first helmet sticker of the year.
3: Uh, My last one for this week is going to go to Isaac Gifford. Uh, You're trying to figure out what's happening with that position. He leads the team in tackles for the game. Um, I know it's big shoes to fill, and you can't do it with one guy with what JoJo was able to do last year and the last couple of years, but I thought Isaac played well last Saturday.
5: All right,
1: very good. Second one for Isaac Gifford. There you go. I don't know. I I for me
4: I got to go back to that running back position, but I'm going to give one to AJ Allen. Uh, when given his opportunity, uh he went in there and proved himself. and like we talked yards. about, him special. I yeah. think
6: he's really really good.
4: Yeah. So hats off to him. I mean, playing second fiddle is never easy. Coming in and saying, oh, "Give this guy a break." However they look at it, you know, these running backs. That room is is loaded with talent, and uh, AJ Allen is, I think, like you said, he's going to be a guy that, as the season progresses, get gets more confidence, more experience. You know, he might be in there before and he's
1: going to have to pass up. I test Anthony before he gets a, a nickname from me. He's not there yet. Right. All right.
6: Uh, I. I would have given one to Gifford, but he's been well-represented here. I I want to go a little outside the box. This is a great story. It's awesome that uh, it's played out this way. Javen Wright blocked oh, that yeah. punt on, oh. uh, on Saturday. I didn't yeah. even know who did Good that. Call. I mean, he. Uh, this is a guy that's battled through a lot in the last three years to just be in the point where he could play. Um, this fall camp and you know he overcame blood clots here recently and just really excited for him I mean he was so happy after the game to just be able to talk about what football means to him mm-hmm. and being able to play in that game and so I'm very happy for him so I want to give him one
1: I'm going to give my last one uh, to Chancellor Brewington uh, got, got a touchdown in that game um, you watch some of those Grant runs uh, too that I've been watching and making the noises during. Uh, there was not great blocking across that, but every time I watch it, I see, I notice Brewington's blocking. He's getting better at And blocking. I don't think he's the big I don't, I don't think he's the biggest tight end. Uh, he's no. a wide receiver playing right. tight like, end. I, I mean, he is not. Tough a tight end. And, and I still never got sick of watching the Northwestern game last yeah. year when he would go <laughs> in motion and absolutely murder that uh, edge player from Northwestern. Like, he plays bigger as a blocker yeah. than he actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and You know he stuck with it, and listen, they miss Vokalek. There's no question about it. Um, It was cool to see Borker get give that touchdown, but it's hard not for me to like Brewington. I like Brewington. You want a guy that
6: would have earned one of those Rat Pack shirts? Yeah, Chancellor Brewington Brewington. last year, just working his way from scout team into being into the the guy. He's like he's a human highlight reel of blocks now.
3: Brewington is that psycho you did not want to be lined up against in the Oklahoma drill. You just like no, I'm not going to have any fun right now. Also.
1: It's a little hard. It's a little surprising because he sounds like he came straight out of the Harry Potter series or something with that name. So <laughs> Call the traffic hotline 402 479 1414.
2: Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. Five topics to get you going for game day. It's a special Friday
1: edition of the morning drive on the Friday Husker tailgate. All right, brought to you by Snowbridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Let's get it started with
3: number five. Well, we've had the play-calling drama for a couple weeks in a row. Does it matter if Frost is inserting himself into the play-calling? Do we like how Whipple's doing it? What thoughts? I'll I, take this one, if you don't mind, everyone. I'll have take it. this one. Man, that's all I don't, don't care
1: how they do it. I don't want to hear about it. That's all. I don't want to hear about it. I, wanna, I, I want them to figure out the best system. If there are grievances about it, want them to talk about it, and that's it. Okay? I don't want to see how that sausage is made. That's something I don't need to, don't want to see, well, don't want to hear about it. Take that up with that's the head what, coach
3: for bringing it up after that, every game. I think that's
1: kind of what I'm doing. I think, <laughs> I mean, that's it. Feels and, like you're
6: blaming everyone
1: else. And and also, and the other thing is, like, I don't feel like the play calling has been that bad. I mean, what have we talked about the, the entirety of this show when we've been identifying issues? Tackling. Executing. Executing. Playing up front. Uh, the the offensive line, the defensive line, all of those things. I haven't. Uh, there have been very few times this season where I've been like, "Man, if they had been more creative or more different in the way they were calling plays, this game would have been, been more Jimmys and Joes, than yeah." X's and O's. So it's like not even an issue on my radar, and I just don't really want to hear about it anymore. And, and I get it that you need to have those conversations, you need to work those out, but I just don't. I mean, I don't think it does anything. It's become a story. It's continued to be a story because it keeps getting brought up. That's it. Cool. That's it. Anything else to add to that, anyone? No, you did a good job. Thank you. I agree. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Number four. Uh, well, they missed last game, but Nick Henrich and Travis Vokalek. Mike, what do we know going into tomorrow?
6: Uh, Both basically considered day-to-day in the, the Scott Frost injury report where Very helpful. everyone's day-to-day. Very um, helpful. <laughs> no one has not been day-to-day, essentially uh in that thing so i i'm not looking for either of them for this weekend i mean with oklahoma coming up there's a chance that you can have either back at that point you're not going to try to force the issue that was the hope i think with vocal
1: the whole time right
6: i I mean once Vokalek went out in the northwestern game it was basically to me like one if nebraska can win this great and then you basically don't need them the next two weeks they weren't able to get the win. You still don't need him these two weeks. And he looked good against Northwestern. They, oh, that offense will look a lot better when he's oh, yeah. back. I love Tough how they used him. You can speak to this too, Brendan. I mean, he is as good of a blocker oh, as they yeah. might have up front. So sure. and not having been. him,
4: he has been since yeah. he's gotten
6: here. I mean, not having him is actually a double edged loss because he is a loss in the,
1: the, passing game but also just his ability to run block is
6: oh, huge uh, he
4: sets an edge
1: i love how anybody. they used him at that northwestern game had mm-hmm. been waiting for that for so long from a nebraska tight end and then we lost it and i hope we get it back soon one thing though i will say when he got hurt in that northwestern game i was watching with my family and sometimes i say bold overconfident things during games <laughs> this might surprise you guys a little bit. but right away like 30 seconds after he went down i was i said to my son and my wife I was like uh he, he tore his achilles and and they're like, What are you, a doctor? He's like, <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. I think he tore his Achilles. I don't I remember like, He's watching done. the replay. He's done. And and they're like, No, he didn't. You don't have any idea what you're talking about. And I was I I don't know why, but I was very certain he did. And then I found out he didn't and I mean, I kind of wish I had bragging rights over my family, but I'm glad that he's going to be back anyway. So, Travis, I'm mostly happy you didn't tear, tear your Achilles. <laughs> okay, I am.
3: I'm, I'm, mo- I'm very mostly. What? W- really weird way to say that. Yeah, well, ju- I am. Okay, Let's move on. Move on. Ninety-nine. You're right. I'm in a Number bad three. area there, but you understand. Anthony I need some Grant, rights. about three hundred yards, four touchdowns through two games. Brendan, you played with some pretty good running backs that you blocked for. Yeah. How good is he?
4: He's real good. Like you said, he's, he's got every button on the PS5. Um, yes. What's, I think what I really like when I watch him run is he's not getting the best blocking up front. Um, and, and what teams are doing is they're moving, so they're running line, line stunts a lot. He has great vision, he has patience, and that jump cut is as good as I've seen. Yeah,
1: you know, what... Makes it, guys miss. He's, uh, I, I wondered, I think I talked to Greg Sharp about this, I might have talked to you guys about this before the season, because I had heard he was ascending the depth chart, he had a big run in the spring, but I didn't, I looked at his size and I like I couldn't quite tell what style of a running back he was based he's on his size, size, but I mean, it's elusive, I think is, and I don't know how he is speed-wise compared to the running backs, you guys might have a better idea of that than than me, but it's... It's making guys miss. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, his it's skill. it's moves mm-hmm. and making guys miss with great um, vision and patience. Vision, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. yep. absolutely. Still, I think of that one play that I was referencing. The one we made the juke on at the beginning. Uh, Caleb, you references too. He made a he made a spin move out there. Broken play, kind of could backfield. see could see where the guy was getting off a block there. Made that spin move, and that was crazy to be able to see that he had a path in the other direction.
3: Right,
4: he's just not like one minded. I'm going to hit the hole. This is where I've got to go. This is my track. He sees. The the line stunts coming. He sees where the linebackers are filling. Boom. Is patient. Once he sees it, boom. Then he makes a second level miss. That's the probably the key to his game. Do you know what? Great, getting. You know, three, four, five more yards because of it. Great vision lends itself to.
1: The name I test Anthony. There you go. Just saying. <laughs> is he, is he wearing readers? Doesn't or, hurt. Or is he wearing transitions? transitions lenses? He seems like a transitions <laughs> lenses guy.
6: Transition to two, please. <laughs> Number two,
3: we'll have the dwarf index coming up. Weather <laughs> could play an issue. We'll get to that with Rusty Dawkins next.
1: Uh, listen, I'm just glad we're gonna fall. Ra- what? Oh, oh, you're just supposed to skip? Yeah.
0: Okay. W- you looked at one. Yeah. Uh, you night just game. You do it. You night
3: do it. You night tell game. Me if you guys say. can can real quickly, song other than Thunderstruck you'd want to hear between third and fourth quarter.
4: Oh, boy. For whom the bells toll, man.
1: Well, I was going to go Metallica, too. With all the success with Stranger Things and Master of Puppets, I think that'd be kind of cool. What's the Johnny Cash uh,
3: Some, cover? God's that you, Gonna Cut You Down. That's
1: yeah. not a cover. It's his song. Oh, uh, okay. Originally.
3: Yeah. yeah I've always that wanted, time, wanted that. That'd be pretty good. That'd be cool, too. All right. Darude Sandstorm. All right.
1: <laughs> 2006 is <laughs>
3: coming back. Let's
1: get weird. Well, Caleb, now we have 15 seconds left that we have nothing to do with because I couldn't talk about number two.
3: How do you feel? I about hope you feel
2: the <laughs> traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren.
3: Jack West 35. Nice move. 40, 45, 50, 45,
6: 40. Run, big fella. 30, 25, 20. Step on me to guy. 10 to 5.
2: Jack West, Yes. We love you in Lincoln. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody is thinking about their job the What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down.
0: Good. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer
1: at the 15-20 at the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out.
2: This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, Mike Schaefer, and former Husker National Champion, Brendan Stein. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health. Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, welcome back to our number three of the Friday Oscar Tailgate. A busy hour it will be. We got opposition, disposition, dramatic fight songs. We got our picks, and I'm uh, going to mock Mike Schaefer for his performance last week, which should be a lot of fun for everyone, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, we got Rusty Dawkins in the Draft Index, which is very important this week, Jeff Mall. First, though, I do need to uh, give you your keyword because we have one pick left this week for Fantasy one Oscars. One pick
3: left. By the way, Sean, please text us back if you would Sean, like to. Sean, uh, Tell us how many net rushing yards you think Nebraska will get this week. Now, your keyword this time, and you can text that into the Rickstein Recognition, talking text line 402-479-1400, Huskers. Ooh, how did you come up with that one? I don't know. H-U-S-K-E-R-S, Huskers. Text
1: it in the Rick Stein Recognition hotline, uh, text line 402-479-1400. Do not Facebook message us, do not send us a DM on Twitter, do not send us a fax. And I it. wanna
3: th- I also want to thank everyone for their attempts at spelling style. Do not uh, give us <laughs> there were some interesting a MySpace there. sort a of <laughs> message, any
1: of that. We just text it is how it works because yes. then you get in the system and that it's all computerized and it's technology and stuff. Good. So anyway, And uh, if you uh, if you get that pick, we'll uh, put out on social media and the website, you can see all the picks this week how many rushing arts will Nebraska. Get the closest gets that prize package to valentinos and alumni hall so that is your final fantasy huskers keywords of georgia southern week jeff Mall, Lincoln convention of visitors bureau joins the tailgate give us a little bit of uh an idea a menu of items to do here surrounding the football weekend jeff good morning how are you doing today hey jeff how are you we didn't have you up how you doing
7: i'm doing well doing well now that i'm i'm actually being heard yeah jack uh good.
1: That's, that's Caleb's fault. He's too worried about correcting me uh, <laughs> <laughs> today to do his own job. Um, <laughs> good to uh, g- good to have you uh, with us. How was first home game weekend?
7: Really good. Really good. Uh, hotels were happy. Uh, most of the restaurants and bar sector and anybody that sells chips, dips, and uh, drinks did really well. So, yeah, we're happy. Uh, we'll let people know. 402-434-5348. We try to keep a pretty good tap on... Uh, hotel availability in the downtown and citywide. So, if you want to give that a call, we are cool. obviously taking a look very strongly at the Oklahoma numbers right now. And uh, yeah, rooms are rooms are filling fast here for the coming week. All
1: right, and uh, and I've got to imagine, just kind of from your perspective, a night game is even even better. You know, you got more time. You got people potentially staying two nights instead of one. Those sorts of things. We have the first night game of the year this year.
7: Yeah, that's it, and I think we can pretty much guarantee that uh, we'll get Saturday night revenues out of it. But if people want to come in on a Friday night, there's lots of great things going on in the community that uh, we love to talk about.
1: All right, hit us up. What's happening this weekend people can do surrounding their football weekend?
7: For clarification, there is a a little deal going on over at the Nebraska Wesleyan University Theater called Hammered. Uh, it is the story of Thor and Loki, so it's coming, uh, <laughs> over and above that. Um, it's a family-friendly outdoor production. It's going to happen at the Old Main Amphitheater, 51st and Huntington, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Very nice. Movies in the Park over at the Antelope Park we will we'll have the story of Kurt Warner, a production a movie called American Underdog, which tells the story of NFL MVP and Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner. Tonight at 845, free event over at the Antelope Park Shell. Art in the Garden uh, going on over at the uh, Sunken Gardens a great opportunity to see a floral display uh, put together by the staff over there with a the theme of Alice in Wonderland, 10 to 6 on Saturday. 41st All Makes Auto and Truck Show, 8 to 4 on Sunday, Southeast Community College. This is the largest Lincoln-based car show at over 300 vehicles. Great way to be there and benefit the heroes into homes as well as the St. Gianna's Women's Home and we'll wrap things up on Sunday with bites, bikes, and bison. Where food and drink specials await at several popular destinations at Pioneers Park. Great opportunity to ride it off, folks. Uh, we big win uh, tomorrow, and uh, great opportunity to get out and enjoy nature and some great weather. Yeah. We can hear about the Draft Index and see what the weekend looks like from Rusty. So, yeah, lots of great things going on in Lincoln. In yeah,
1: future. Sunday should be a great day for that uh, with uh looks like uh, temperatures in the low 80s, and uh, and the bison should be enjoying that as well. So very good. Hey, thank you very much, Rusty. Uh, check it out, Lincoln.org. Looking for things to do at any time in the capital city. We will check in with you next week, all right? Yeah,
7: Jeff signing off. We'll talk to you later.
1: Jeff Maul from the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. There you go uh rusty dawkins chief meteorologist channel 8 the internet's favorite weatherman joins us right now and we actually made him work this week for the yeah. first time yeah thank goodness because you know you're earning your zero dollar a salary dollar salary by doing nothing here over the last few weeks has been very concerning to management
0: yeah i uh, i hope that i'm not breaking the bank for you guys yeah, it's just with you are yeah you are uh no it's uh, it's good uh let's start out uh, so let's get into
1: the uh before we get into the nuts and bolts of the DWAFT index mm-hmm. which is the talk of the city of lincoln um let's let's just sort of get kind of an overview i know you you've been looking at the uh the radar models over the course of the last two days and they've been changing quite a bit what have you seen in how they've changed in the latest race round this morning
0: they've changed in about uh, timing we, we still have this is almost the best of both worlds we're still seeing a chance for rain and the earlier models from just 24 hours ago 36 hours ago had the rain Uh, moving through the Lincoln area around 6.30 uh, Saturday late afternoon into the early evening hours, Uh, which is not great. If you're going to a Husker football game, it, it was looking like it was just going to be a soaker and then eventually ending by the end of the game. Then the next model run came out, and it looked like it was going to be Ending about the time that the uh, the Husker game kicked off, so the rain was going to be moving through and heavy in the afternoon hours, and then moving uh, moving out by game time. Now this morning, I woke up and the first thing I did is I grabbed my phone and looked at the the recent uh, model runs, and now they have it moving out, moving into Lincoln in the morning hours, and moving out by the afternoon.
1: Okay, that so that significantly impacts the draft. I think it, it, so it, it really did. You actually had to re- rerun the draft. Mm-hmm. Folks who don't know, the draft is the Dawkins weather and football theory index it is the only metric in all of america really all of the world that integrates the specific parts of a football game along with the weather foot forecast how it will be effective rusty does some advanced analytics on it and comes up with our overall DWAFT to number which is broken in to five categories run game pass game kicking game player performance and fan enjoyment so mm-hmm. let's go through with that said that should change change
0: a lot on the draft if yeah. it's just cool, which it's still going to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, we went from one of the highest uh, draft or uh, er, draft, draft. sorry please Mar- get, my, get your own, <laughs> get your own get your own thing right, please. <laughs> it's, we went from one of the highest impacts uh, that it looked like it was going to be with the, with the draft. Uh, 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 Dawkins Weather and Football Theorem Index uh, to one of the best. I, I mean, it's looking very low impact for the game uh, Saturday night. Okay, so, wow! Yeah. I did not see that coming with where we were earlier in the week. <laughs> well, the the analytics were hard. I mean, I had pencil and paper and eraser going a million miles an hour last night, and uh, it, it was looking really high with the with potential for precipitation. And now with the rain moving out, the temperature is going to be much, much more comfortable. The wind shouldn't be an issue. Uh, this is looking like a, a fun game to be at. Wow. Wow, okay. Ticket prices going up as Rusty speaks. All right, run game, draft index.
1: What do you have for us?
0: Uh, it's going to be low, uh, two. And the only reason I'm saying that is is because it, the the ground may be wet. We could have some slippery yeah. conditions out there. <clears throat> excuse me but I, it does look like we're going to see a, a comfortable game it doesn't look like uh, rain will be happening during the game but the field could be wet so uh, this could have been a three but i think uh with the cleats and everything else that they have out there that uh, we're just going to go with a two for the okay.
1: right passing game which uh, nebraska's opponent will be doing a lot of this week
0: yeah, I I don't think it's going to be affected either because uh, with uh, the comfortable temperatures and the wind, the wind looked like it was going to be the issue, especially for the first half of the game earlier in the week. And now <clears throat> now that things have changed a little bit and the front will have moved through already, the wind will have died down. Uh, so I don't think passing and receiving will be affected by the wind. Uh, so we've got a 2 for the passing game. Again,
1: maybe just a little bit of wetness, but not a whole lot more than that then. Uh, And I assume the same thing's going to the kicking game then.
0: Yeah. Uh, The kicking game, again, the wind was going to be the major factor there. Just to... Twenty-four hours ago, I had this at a four, uh, with the wind and the rain potential, and now I've dropped it to a two uh, because it just looks like it's going to be uh, uh, quiet and uh, cloudy, and you know maybe if uh, I guess the sun go the sun goes down at eight, so you have the sun setting. Yeah, you could still have a little shadows maybe maybe some shadows. This might I might have done a three on this one, but I just I kicked it down to a two. All right, Um, player performance. This one was kind of high last week. Yeah, uh, and that was with the heat and the humidity uh, that was uh, going to impact players now the temperature is much cooler we're we're looking at we may not get out of the 60s uh for oh, temperatures God, that so good i know uh, that's so that is uh really uh, you don't have to worry about heat exhaustion you don't have to worry about being overheated or cramps or anything like that i think player performance the only reason this is is not a one is because the field may be wet and that's it all right And then uh, fan
1: enthusiasm, Uh, if it's not raining, that's going to make a big difference here in the lead up to the game and the game itself.
0: This one, I would have had at a two or a three if it was raining, because I remember the last time we had uh, heavy rain during the game the audience that was still out there was really getting into it they absolutely loved <laughs> okay. it
1: so it has like a reverse effect as well
0: that you, this is why it's such an advanced metric folks yeah. this is why we do this kind of analysis yeah it, i think it could have been it might have even been a one if uh, if it had been raining hard because you, you know how crazy fans can get when it's when it's an adverse weather condition yes. like that uh, but instead it looks like this is going to be a dry comfortable Just a great evening to be sitting there watching a game, so I'm just putting it at a two. It could have been a one. And the tailgating,
1: it sounds like you think uh, right now the model's looking about noon or so that this clears up, so that should give people most of the time that regularly get going with the tailgating.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for tailgates because it looks like the early morning hours uh, before noon is the best chance for rain. Sometimes those showers try to linger and uh back build a little bit uh, but it does look like most of this should be out of here by mid-afternoon uh so if you have tailgate plans i would the, the later the better we'll be in we'll be in the 50s during the game then uh, towards the end of the game, maybe. Of the I game it, maybe i have i think i have around 60 degrees by the end of the game so
1: we're talking uh, you know jeans and sweatshirt yeah. cargos and a hoodie yeah that kind of thing is probably going to be
0: okay I'm I'm likely going to be wearing. I'm going to bring a hoodie just All right. just in case. Bust it, those it,
1: hoodies out. You want yeah, to bust them out? Yeah,
0: it's it's that time. I've yeah, got a quarter zip that's been lying fallow for six months. Time to bust that thing out, right? I got lots of them. Yeah, and jeans probably isn't a bad idea either. I know, got so. jeans that
1: have been lying fallow for a
0: long yeah, time. So it's it's going to feel like fall finally uh, for Saturday and even Sunday. It's just it's a great weekend.
1: Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, and then I see 94 on 92 Tuesday, 94 Wednesday. you oh, gotta, yeah, got to be kidding. Me. This is fake fall. It's got to be ki- fake fall. We have fake spring and we have fake fall yeah. as well. All right, very good. And, and and last question for you. I know you'll be monitoring. You'll be there at the stadium for the uh, for the athletic department monitoring mm-hmm. the situation. Is there? A low, I mean, I know what you said it sounds like the precipitation will probably be cleared out. Was this is this precipitation? even if it gets bumped back during that time that might involve lightning because that's the big thing that could impact the game
0: yeah that and that's something I was watching very very closely and every parameter that you can look at with the weather models that uh, depicts where lightning is going to happen if it's going to happen we're all really low they weren't zero but they were low uh, so if there was going to be any lightning it was going to be just very hit and miss uh, not a lot of it uh, and but it doesn't matter if there's one bolt of lightning that's close to the stadium they take that very seriously uh, but right now it's looking like that shouldn't be an issue
1: so the draft index after all of the talk about this week's DWAFT mm-hmm. index ends up at 10, 10 which i believe
0: is the same as it was in dublin yeah uh, and th- less than it was last week you know what this is going to have a dublin feel to it i mean oh, you've great. got the, the things of- went well there yeah <laughs> okay let's <laughs> rephrase that one wow. weather wise it is looking very nice boy now i just feel bad about that no, that's right. That's my fault. I was the
1: one who took at that place. Well, good. Yeah. So uh, minimal impact. That could be a great night to go to a game and, and all of those things. And I didn't expect that 48 hours ago. So.
0: Yeah. And we're still, you know, I still have a 30% chance uh, for a lingering shower or storm uh, early in the game just because, you know, it's Nebraska and it can still happen. Sure. But it looks so much drier than it did 24 hours all ago. Right. Dwaft index of
1: 10, 10, 10 only, yeah. s- ties with the lowest draft index of the year so far, along with island how was that weather in ireland brendan did you like that you like summers in ireland that was great you know i
4: mean <laughs> for ireland it was epic the weather even like two weeks of good weather they had over there well it was sunny most of the time it well like. really the sun didn't come out until the day of the game uh-huh. um but the entire week we were there it rained i think twice and it was i think the one time it rained when we were sleeping yeah and then the other time it rained it rained early morning the day of the game and then it opened up blue skies which is mm not
1: typical for ireland Dumb. all right well rusty i don't have uh i hope you're not doing any kind of monitoring of lightning or anything like mm-hmm. that if that gets serious doesn't sound like you will but um we'll be uh we'll be looking forward to it and like i said who knows maybe this will uh bolster those ticket prices a little bit going forward so you might want to jump on those before peep the word of the draft index gets out around the state
0: yeah it uh i'm hoping for at least a single digit draft at some point uh we were really close this week uh, we'll see if we can get another one yeah, next year. We're going to
1: get in November. We're going to get like a 22 sometime, though. Oh, yeah.
0: We'll, yeah.
1: yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> That's why we have the DWAFT index, though. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, Rusty. We'll be watching you on Channel 8 Eyewitness News, all right? Sounds good. We'll yeah. talk soon. All right. And by the way, don't forget to follow Husker Weather on Twitter, too. You'll be giving updates, I assume, on that as we get closer with any changes.
0: Yeah, all kinds of Husker Weather updates if you want those. Uh, Husker Weather on Twitter and Facebook as well.
1: All right. Very good. There you go. That's Rusty Dawkins, Chief Meteorologist, Channel 8 Eyewitness News. We'll take a break. Opposition, disposition. Hey, Tonight clouds will increase. Rain becomes increasingly likely as we get closer
2: to Saturday morning. From Channel 8 News, I'm Storm Alert, Team Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Do you know your foe? Well, we'll introduce you, but we can't guarantee you'll get along. It's the Friday Husker Tailgates Opposition Disposition on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499 3, KLIN. Friday,
1: 28 time to learn about the opponent Georgia Southern. The Eagles are coming in. That's right. A former USC head coach Clay Helton, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him in just a second. I'm going to tell you about a whole lot of off-the-field stuff. we got some interesting mascot stuff going here. we got a lot of interesting stuff that we're going to get to off-the-field. But let's talk on the field first. Uh, Mike, Brendan, and Caleb. Uh, so, what, this is the air raid offense? And when they say is that, does that mean like the Mike Leach-style air raid offense when they say that? Um, and his lane. I don't know if I don't know about that. Is, I thought that was the name of Mike. Yeah, Beach's they're giving offense. It, they're, they call yeah. it air raid. or
4: Is that just a? They're dubbing it the amount? air raid. But I mean, they were pretty well balanced last game. They were 60-40 as far as
6: yeah, pass um, run. I think that that stems from Graham Harrell was his offensive coordinator at the end there at USC, uh, okay. and then you had Marquis the Steph Texas basically tech. saying that they don't run the football anymore when he left, <laughs> and so. It's a big departure from the Georgia Southern that I got to know over the last, like, decade because Mm -hmm. that was a triple option team. I was gonna say. I mean, that was, like, that was Paul Johnson and Willie Fritz and, you know, I, It was like a magical year of 2015. I rode Willie Fritz to like an 80 percent cover percentage. It was beautiful. (laughs) I I got to know that Georgia Southern team really well. Jarek McKinnon, Jarek
1: McKinnon was on it. He was a Georgia Southern guy. Well, when you said the Georgia Southern team I've known for the last decade, I was like, you're one of the only people who did. But (laughs) nonetheless, yeah, they were. Just last year, they were still in that triple option system, Mm -hmm. right? So it's yep. a like that. I so I think they had
6: moved a little off of it from where like Willie Fritz had it and where Paul Johnson had it. To it was probably more of a like lesser version of what Coastal Carolina was trying to do. Like but, and,
3: a, and they're going to throw the ball forty times. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, if it's, they're going to throw it. It might not all be deep shots. It'll be some pretty quick it's just routes a spread out passing offense. But, if it
4: looks eerily like Nebraska's offense if you watch it. Mm-hmm. Oh, a really? lot of yeah. what they do. Yeah. If
3: they can run the ball, though, they will run the ball. Mm-hmm. Like like if they're having success running the ball, they'll do that, and then they'll hit you with those quick passes mm-hmm. as soon as they've got a little bit of space. They'll take their shots as well. Uh,
1: I hear quick passing attack, and that makes me a little concerned because that uh, you know that's that's kind of been the achilles heel in some ways for the defense is quick passing enough when there hasn't been a real strong pass rush that's going to get to them after or, the catch or tackling and then mm-hmm. you kind of feel like you have this this zone coverage a lot right. of time that's that leaves those little holes especially in the intermediate routes right. make it go away yeah right uh and well, so I, it'll be interesting to see if Nebraska are, changes up its its coverage strategies here yeah there are no huddle
4: uh typical you know like 11 personnel, uh, a lot of motion, um they're going to try to hit you with some of that play action, some of that RPO, they're going to take their shots. Um you know, I think their offensive line uh is probably the weakest spot of their team if you i mean if you're looking offensively uh so we might have the ability to get home but again if you're playing soft coverage and you're not up in those those receivers faces uh there's going to be seams in there and getting rid of the football is i mean he, Van Trees does a good job of it
6: yeah and it's the same quarterback that Buffalo had last year okay, so yeah. uh Nebraska so he fans are familiar with him he's certainly going to be familiar with Memorial Stadium he gets the ball out fast you that's why i mean that's why you don't see a lot of sacks for him in his career it's, it's a quick I mean, if, if you're talking. Deep balls, those are going to be pretty rare. Like, it's yeah. going to just be spraying the. Hard to get home on him. Yeah.
4: But and, let's and be honest.
3: He, and he won the punt, pass, and kick competition at Memorial Stadium last year. ADR. <laughs> yeah, the 80 yard punt last year. Was that in a quick kick? Did they do that? Yeah, they lined up, and you're like, wait a minute, are they going for it? And then he just hit it deep and got all of it. Oh, and it was and it one it of had those. Good roll, you know,
1: yeah, Kirk Ferentz has watched tape of that 30 times this week. He well, he's a better so quarterback much. than Kirk Ferentz has, too. So, well, that's, that's... Oh, no, you mean better than a jugs machine? <laughs> well, it's. <laughs> I love where we're at with Iowa right now, by the way. I appreciate it. Let's keep that going. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because in in Dublin, Halinsky kind of picked Nebraska's defense oh, yeah. apart in that same thing where he had time. He didn't need a ton of time because they mm-hmm. were short routes, but he had time, and then he felt like he always had a guy sitting in between the zone. Well, it seemed uh, to me where we
4: struggled at Northwestern was the play-action
6: hundred percent because they have to load up to stop the run and mm-hmm. then those linebackers can't and they're they're already probably not great coverage linebackers to start with and you're you know sucked into to facing up there because you got to have a hole like mm-hmm. it's taking multiple guys to get right. them down suddenly that tight ends just running loose in the back of the formation
4: yeah not only that but it, it also it, what it does is it screws you up and where your eyes are you've got to be very disciplined versus these guys types of offenses, there's blown coverages and we've had blown coverages in the last two weeks.
6: Communication is going to be huge Mm -hmm. this week and it's been bad. I mean, it's honestly been bad. Like, I did not give enough credit to you know, I talked about Ben Stilley earlier but I didn't give enough credit to guys like Markel Dismuke and and Deontay Deontay Williams Williams. because the thing that those two did for essentially two and a half seasons they had people in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say what you want about the tackling for Deontay Williams, but their communication had guys in place to make plays. And you saw, you know, with Omar Brown against Northwestern, he and Marquise Buford had a big uh, snafu that went for that big touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to. And I, I asked Tommy Hill about it after the game this last week, and he said that you know he thinks it's good, it's getting better. Um, this is the kind of team that like they're gonna hit a big play if you don't. Uh, if you don't have that communication, Chris, because they run those crossers, they. I mean, you have to know who has who, and yeah. Van Terese will find.
1: It. You know what Nebraska desperately needs this game is a dang interception, which they. You got to be near the ball. Well, it's, it's weird. One, we, I was talking to Greg Sharp about. I was <laughs> yes, talking. That's that, the thing. That, I know exactly. I was, I was somewhere talking, near
3: the route. I, I was know. talking
1: to Greg Sharp on In this the vicinity. There have been a couple of pass breakups. They've not. It's not even been close. Yeah. You haven't you haven't seen a ball go up there and like go oh like there's a chance at it nothing um really nothing at all um and they've I think they've got to get they've got to get one of those uh this week and I think that'll help significantly but but we will see uh what do we know do we know they obviously probably aren't having quite the total philosophy change on defense from where they were before but do we know anything about them defense they're a
4: personnel type of defense you're gonna see five front four man front three man front just depending on the personnel. Okay.
3: And it's hard to gauge them from week one where it was not a good Morgan State team.
6: <laughs> it was a very bad Morgan
4: State team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I they got
4: off to a it. slow start versus Morgan State as well. They had some <laughs> no. some takeaways that, that really kind of separated yeah.
1: them. I'd love to make that argument, but again, Nebraska was also playing an FCS team last week. that uh, is coming A lot off of this a losing record.
6: makes me think of last year Buffalo beat the crap out of Wagner, who hasn't won a game since. Uh, they know, decimated so, that program. Yeah, I mean, the entire period. program. That's broke, the Mac, the yeah. Buffalo. They <laughs> <Yeah>. broke Wagner, <laughs> and so I, I think because of that, uh, there's this perception that Georgia Southern's probably going to be a little bit better than they actually are. But they they have pieces like they're gonna they're gonna come into this game and and they'll make it difficult. I think Nebraska is going to outlast them. I'm
4: wondering yeah. why Van Trees uh, transferred to Georgia Southern. What do you think? Because of Clay Helton?
6: Could have been. Yeah. Um, Could have just been. I don't know. I mean, was it an upgrade? I mean, Buffalo's
1: a pretty solid team. Didn't like winters? <laughs> well, <laughs> weren't they also rotating quarterbacks at times last year? Because yeah, it was, it was like
6: been. Maurice Linguist or whatever mm-hmm. was uh, yeah, the be. coach there. And so I, it might have just been a situation where he felt like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm good enough to have all the snaps. So, mm-hmm. um, And then... Clay Helton's looking for
1: a guy. That's right. not a
6: bad like. That's not a bad spot to end up at. Not so, bad. Plus, I would trade Buffalo for, uh, or uh, you know, Georgia Southern yeah, Buffalo. The, yeah. That's a good spot, especially the do.
1: winners. Like I said, uh, what um, we don't have to give our predictions yet, but just what kind of a game? So, I mean, it sounded like kind of like you thinking a high scoring game, right? A bit of a shootout.
4: Yep, I do. I don't know what the over under is. It'll be it'll thing, be interesting to see. I think the weather's going to help us uh, as far as a conditioning, but. Um, Georgia Southern, they run the no-huddle. And at times, it's Tempo's going to be big. Tempo's going to be big. Yeah. yeah.
6: Both teams, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, because one of the things Teddy Prohoska talked about, and you were talking about how, and it made me think how different football is from the 90s. He's talking about in practice, they go so much faster with tempo, so when you get to the game, you don't notice it as much. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about physicality, where mm-hmm. you go so much heavier in practice. Mm-hmm. When you get to the game, you don't notice it as much. Right. And in my head, I'm just like, well, that's 2020 versus 1990s, <laughs> exactly. right there. Thirty
1: years difference in yep. football. Yep. Uh, so let's get into some some of additional things. So, so Clay, Clay Helton is the coach. If you if you find that name familiar, yeah, he was coach at USC. Kind of in in that whole weird period. He started under Lane Kiffin. In 2010, remember, when Lane Kiffin went to USC. Mm -hmm. Then he got promoted. He was a quarterback's coach then. Got promoted to OC after that. He was the interim head coach. Uh, after their previous interim head coach, and Orgeron re- resigned following the hiring of Steve Sarkeesian. And then he once again became the, he's been the interim head coach of USC twice in 2015 after Sarkeesian took their leave of absence and then was subsequently fired there. And then in 2015, they removed the interim tag, named him the 23rd coach ever at USC. So he's interim twice after Orgeron, after Sarkeesian, ends up getting the job, Ends up getting fired. What a couple of games in to, to last year, um, and so Georgia Southern takes him. A good get for Georgia Southern, right? Oh yeah, like that was mm-hmm. a gr- that Over. was a home run
4: hire, splash hire for, yeah, that for sure. program. He was born to be a coach. His dad actually was Kim Helton. Yeah, coach the NFL, right? He was well. He coached. He was the head coach of Houston, and then he went into the NFL. He coached uh, for the Washington Redskins. I played for him. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, so you know, his dad
1: had a great mind for the game. Clay's got a great mind. You know, he's born to do it. Um, Georgia Southern, uh, they are a public research university in the U.S. state of Georgia, not surprisingly. Uh, the flagship campus, this is the kind of information you get on this show and nowhere else. Uh, the flagship campus is on in Statesboro. And other locations, including the Armstrong Kev- campus in Savannah and the Liberty C- campus in Hinesville. Some nice areas. That's probably why Vantrese. So, Savannah's a beautiful place. Go to the other campus. Maybe get some classes down there. Well, uh,
3: winter's a little bit different in Georgia than that's, it is in yeah, that's, Buffalo. That's
1: the other thing. Their mascot, the Eagles. Now, uh, they, have, they have a couple of different mascots. They've got the live mascot and the costumed mascot, who have different names, which is I don't know. Maybe always a little confusing to yeah. me at their home games. They've got an actual bald eagle that they do the thing where it flies down onto someone. Shh. Yeah, uh, which is always awesome, especially <laughs> with a eagle I'm at a zoo. Bald eagle number one on my list. Right, Whoa, number bald one. Bald eagle number oh, one. Wow. Gorillas number two. Ba- gu- bald I guess Eagles it really depends on where
4: Let's you see. live. If you live in the northwest, they're considered
6: like pigeons up there.
1: Okay. See that one I think I saw one on the interstate driving to Iowa last weekend. But you see rare. them. You see them out here. It's like uh, wow. Well yeah. oh, they're
6: majestic.
1: Because yeah. usually you're seeing them. They're swoop just a little bit. huge. I can't believe how big those. Those animals eagles are. talk they 're crazy, um, but they also have a apparently a dressed up mascot that I think their fan base has kind of the same feelings that some people have about little red here. They remade it a few <laughs> years back, and they find it terrifying now, which I guess is a little bit different, uh, but its name is Gus, so you 've got Gus, Gus for an eagle you 've got Gus the Eagle, and then you 've got freedom, the real eagle. That are their mascots. Way us. to put
3: zero effort in right. a name. Georgia University.
1: nickname is Gus. Yes. Georgia State University. Yeah, I guess it goes to that. Uh, Eagles. By the way, is the third nickname of Georgia State from 1924 to 1941. The nickname was the Blue Tide, which is a, I think, a very cool nickname. I might have stayed with that. After World War II, athletic teams were referred to as the professors, as the school was a teachers' college.
3: I like that. The I professors. Actually- Go back to that. Did
1: Georgia Southern get rid of two of the coolest, unique? That's a good name. The, I mean, it's like Blue Tide is kind of like Crimson Tide, I guess. But Blue Tide and professors are good. Then got Eagles. There's probably uh, 20 other Division One schools yeah. that have Eagles as as their name. However, uh, 1959, when the schools reunite, renamed Georgia Southern College. A student vote was held to determine the new mascot. Eagles was chosen over Colonels by a, narrow, yeah, a Better one too. Yeah. By a narrow margin. Now they did make the jump from. Uh, FCS to FBS uh, a decade plus ago, but they had one. I didn't know. Do Did you guys know they've won six, six, six championships at the one AA FCS level? One in eighty five, eighty six, yep. eighty nine, ninety, ninety nine, and two thousand. Then won the Sun Belt their first year. As a Division One school, Willie Fritz with 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 Willie Fritz only the third team after Nevada in ninety two and Marshall in ninety seven to win their conference in the first year at the FBS stadium. So that uh, their program also went on hold from the end of World War Two until nineteen eighty two. They didn't start that program back up until nineteen eighty two. A lot of schools stopped their programs during World War Two. It took them that long. And then they won. They they were
3: winning titles within a decade.
1: Yeah.
3: And, South yeah. Georgia
1: boys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't have a big budget then and that's they went with these they had a really low budget when they started again. And that's why their their uniforms, if you've ever seen a play, they look kinda like blue Alabama. A little bit. like they're, right. they're, they, they're Numbers on the helmet. Numbers on the helmet. Yeah. Like, no. Mm-hmm. They're not getting retweeted. No flash. They're not getting retweeted mm-hmm. by UniSwag or right, anything right, right. like that. Or I was hoping you are going to be like, yeah, Russell is there out I don't there. know <laughs> if Corey Ross would even say, ooh, about when they, <laughs> when they come out about those things. So, yes, that's right. Uh, then the other thing that is interesting about that. So their, their head football coach, legendary football coach, Eric Russell, uh, but one of their their biggest traditions is weird. Um, so they were going to play Northern Iowa in the F F uh what's called the 1A playoffs at that year, and got inspiration from an odd space. He was inspired by the gnat infested drainage ditch that cuts across the field between the team's locker room and practice fields. He he convinced his players that the stagnant water, this place has to smell. I'm going to guess if it's just stagnant water there. He called it the beautiful Eagle Creek, a source of magical waters. And when they traveled to Northern 85 after the, during the 85 playoffs, they're already in the playoffs at that point. Russell brings along a jug of this Eagle Creek water that had to look like chocolate milk. Mm. I'm going <laughs> to tell you this at that point. And the Eagles were victorious. And he sprinkled, and he sprinkled it on the field in the Unidome. I don't know if they were playing the Unidome then or not in 85. He sprinkles it on the field, which probably needed, meant it needed to be condemned at that point point <laughs> uh, the eagles won and so now that magical water is like a tradition and they have this nasty creek with gnats flying everywhere and- <laughs> i on
6: saturday will be looking for the jug look where, if I get look, a it
1: looked like if somebody brought the old milkman's bottle of chocolate milk oh and that's probably i was hoping this was
6: gonna end and that's how
1: you who was born
3: that's like you it probably looks like you
1: man it's been a while since. (laughs) that's like the opposite
3: of the dream crush water in waverly yeah
1: that's exactly right it's a weird but they believe this gross little crick that they have to walk past is (laughs) is magical (laughs) who would do weird things with superstitions like that uh all right uh famous alumni not a not a huge list here but number one on the okay, good place for country music fans. Luke Bryan, Georgia Southern alum. Uh, Cole Swindell, another country singer, uh, a, is also a, a an alum of Georgia Southern. Daniel Cathy, you probably don't know the name, but he is the president of Chick-fil-A. Oh. He, uh, he also is Georgia Southern alum. And then a name that I know I'm familiar with, but probably not that many people are, because he starred in the most underrated TV series of all time, Walton Goggins. Uh, Who was in the show Justified, which was my favorite, probably my favorite TV show of all time that people never talk about anymore. Never seen it. He was Boyd Crowder. (laughs) You got to start watching it. Look it up if you need a binge sometimes. Walton Goggins. And then he went into some sitcom that didn't really do that well on one of the networks (laughs) uh, after that. All right. With that, we ended as we always do on Opposition Disposition. I have the lyrics of the Georgia Southern alma mater. And they took a lot of pains to write a great song here, and so we need to give it the spoken word treatment with dramatic backing music that it deserves. Now, for a dramatic reading of the Husker
2: Opponents Fight Song with Jack Mitchell.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Georgia Southern alma mater. From humble farm beginnings sprung up from sandy earth among the towering pine trees is a treasure of great worth her price cannot be measured in silver or in gold but in the love and loyalty that many hearts enfold Georgia Southern University on eagle's wings you soar we pledge to you our loyalty and love forevermore Through triumphs and through trials, our alma mater stood as solid as the oak tree, for justice and for good. As through these gates we travel and through our ways must part, our Georgia Southern memories will keep within our hearts. Georgia Southern University, on eagle's wings you soar, we pledge to you our loyalty and love forevermore. See. All right. (laughs) Well done, well done
4: i like the intro you guys uh, that's an upgrade that is an
1: upgrade we do improve things every once in a while get excited because next week is boomer sooner it's a it's it's a very professional uh next week is boomer sooner which i'm going to tell you right now you may not as complicated of a song lyrically (laughs) for the most part as you've already heard 90 percent of of what georgia southern (laughs) is uh but you know whatever i'll still give it the appropriate treatment or spoken Word Fight Talks. All right, we've got to take a break. Pick'em is coming up next. What do we think is going to happen between Nebraska and Georgia Southern? Who's that upset? Who's going to pull that upset this week in college football? And how did Mike Schaefer go from the top of the rung to... For tonight, clouds will increase.
7: Rain becomes increasingly likely as we get closer to Saturday morning. From Channel 8 News, I'm Sturmuller team meteorologist Malcolm Byron.
2: Bragging rights mean everything to these guys. So let the trash talk begin. It's time to call your shot in the Friday Husker Tailgate Pigskin Picks of the Week on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Well, first we want to tell you the fantasy Huskers picks for the week. We were asking how many net rushing yards in Nebraska would have. I said I would have gone... What did I say earlier this week, Kev? 250, 260. In the
3: 250, 260
1: Yeah, I, I would have gone 255. We'll just put it there. Where would you guys have gone if you had a pick in this?
6: 251 was the first number that okay, came 251.
1: to mind. How about you, Brandon? Where are you, where are you at on this? You don't get a prize, but I'm just curious.
3: I would have said 250.
1: 250. Okay, we're all right in the 5 265
3: yard... is about where Jeez, I'd have The been.
1: entire group is within one 15-yard run. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, um, all right, what were the picks this week?
3: Uh, Sean... Came in with the highest, and he was our qualifier earlier today at 269. Nice, Jen, our last qualifier came in with the lowest at 135. Okay, if it's 135, that's an L,
1: by the way. <laughs> I'm very. Let's say throw for like 400. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. That's a, what, okay. Do, do you want to? Uh, well, that's why. Why don't you run down all of them for us, real quick? Uh,
3: Dennis there. said 220. Shane, 250. Chris and Olathe, 235. Treadwood Park, Anita, 183. Julie, 225. The Jeremy, 194. Ron, 260. Todd, 255. And then this morning's, 269 and 135 from Sean and Jen.
1: All right, so there you go. Hey, if you didn't get a pick this week, you can get one next week. Listen, at 635 and 810. We give you a key to the draft, and you might get a pick. I don't know what our topic is going to be next week for Oklahoma. Maybe how many times they play Boomer sooner, but we'll figure it out. Oh, jeez,
3: I'm not counting that.
1: It is time for the picks, but let's look at what happened last week. Oh, my goodness. We had a shuffling of the standings. We are all... Tight within one point right now. Brendan and I are tied in first place with six. Brendan had a good, well, an okay week last week. He got Indiana. He did get Notre Dame on the cover on the upset, so that's all right. They didn't pull the upset, but they did get the cover over Ohio State. I had a great week. I got Indiana. I got Arkansas. I got Florida. I was closest on the Nebraska score, Had I get my, got my upset. I would have been in first place, but my Colorado pick on the upset was terrible. Uh, Mike, shut out. Something that's happened less than 10 times in this show's history, I believe. Steve Sipple was the first one ever to ever do it, so you can feel good about Shut that. Up. Columbus. Yeah, you got Columbus. Uh, and then uh, Caleb, he is at five tied with Mikey. Uh, got out of the basement, too. He had a pretty good week. Indiana, Florida State, he got that cover for Notre Dame, too. All right, this week's games. Just heads up right now. I just picked guys. It's not a great slate, but I picked games that I thought were kind of hard to pick because that's what this is supposed to be. So the games are Baylor at BYU, Tennessee at Pitt, Virginia at Illinois, Iowa State at Iowa for the Cyhawk Trophy. So let's start out west. The Baylor Bears go to BYU. We go top to bottom on this. So, Brendan, you got first picks this week. I'm going to go with Baylor. I'm with Brendan, too. They're actually the underdog in this game, but I'm going to go with Baylor as as well. Mike. Uh, I have BYU. BYU.
3: I will also take BYU.
1: All right, two and two. This could be some separation in this whole thing. Game number two, Tennessee at Pitt. How about Pitt getting two big home games to start off the season against West Virginia and Tennessee? This is an interesting one. Brandon, what do you want? SEC or the ACC? I was scratching my head on this, but I'm going to go with Tennessee. All right, I'm going to go on the other way on this one, even though I'm still annoyed with Narduzzi, but I'm going to take Pitt against Tennessee. Brent, uh, Mike, put me down for Pitt. Uh, two for Pitt.
3: I'll take the Volunteers. All right.
1: Wow. Split 2-2 on this one. Big Ten Game of the Week. Just kidding. Virginia at Illinois. Mike's mad because I put Illinois on this thing three weeks in a row. But they've had... <laughs> I picked them. I lost. I went against them. I lost. Just, I I know, him, I lost. So, what am so, I supposed to do? <laughs> uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge here. Brendan, who you got? Illinois. Give me the Cavaliers. Best uniforms in college football. Controversial take. I can't even name their coach at this point. Give me Virginia.
3: I have gotten Illinois... Their game's correct every week so far. Right. Give me the Illini. Two and two again. I don't think we're going to be
1: two on two on this one, although who knows. High-powered Iowa offense welcomes Iowa State and the Cyclones for the Cy Hawk Trophy. The entire state is talking about it, In Iowa was there last weekend. Brendan, Hawkeyes or Cyclones? I think Iowa's licking their wounds. They don't know who they are. They're a three and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Iowa State. Woo! I'm going to pick Iowa because, of course, they're going to win this stupid game and they shouldn't, so I'll pick Iowa.
6: Matt Campbell never wins the game against Iowa. It's a big concern until the year Iowa State wins. Yeah. Oh, that'd be
3: amazing. Iowa State's best chance was a couple years ago, and they decided to run into each other on a punt and fumble it right uh, back to Iowa. Hawkeyes win again. 2-2 on every pick? I don't
1: think that's ever happened. Upset of the week's got to be an underdog of seven or more. Brennan, who you got? What do you think? The Bobcats the the going, going to Happy Valley. He's looking for the outright with two Absolutely. points on that one. Absolutely. Uh, all right. I think they're 24 right now. Okay. yeah. Well, you, you, I bet you get the cover on that one. I think that's good for one. I don't <laughs> yeah. know about two. Ohio's getting 25. 25. All right. Hey, I'm going... This is not. This is not about Adrian Martinez. I promise you. But I don't think Missouri should be getting more than a should be given more than a touchdown and a trip to Manhattan. Give me the Missouri Tigers. It hurts me to say it, but I'll take Missouri. I think they're going to get the outright win in that one. What,
3: what's Missouri getting? Seven?
1: Seven and a half, I believe. I can check the line and see where it is right now. But I believe it's in that range. Uh, all right, Mike. Who you got? Well, I got a couple academic schools getting
6: together, having themselves a football game, and I'm going with Duke getting ten points against Northwestern.
1: Ooh, whoa! I I don't I think Northwest. North- I think Northwestern might be the best team in the Big Ten. I think they might win that one by thirty. <laughs> uh.
3: I am fearful of the black shirts being able to hold this down enough. Georgia Southern's getting 23 and twenty-three and a half. What? You are terrible. I will bank that point.
1: Wow! He's getting a point. Mm.
3: Just go ahead wow. and put him. Although, although,
1: now that I, I see know. it, I did pick my score within that, so maybe. You know how right. bad Morgan movie. was, right? All right, yeah. Husker score. <laughs> Brandon, what do you got? I'm going to give him three more points. I'm going to go 41 to 23. 41 Nebraska. to 23. I've got Nebraska 38 to
3: 20. Take the over 45 28. Nebraska. Nebraska 48. Georgia Southern 38. Oh, God. Wow. That sounds like I am, acting all that sounds like a, with
1: my over.
6: That is
3: a Pepto-Bismol <laughs> night for water. me.
1: <laughs> all right, that is it for the show. For Brendan Stein, for Mike Schaefer, for uh, Caleb Henry, Kenny Larrabee, I'm Jack Mitchell. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back here to get you ready next week for Nebraska and Oklahoma. Have a great weekend. Sports nightly tonight. Big red football on the air tomorrow.